Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. Yes, hello, and welcome to Affirmative Murder, The Quarantine Files. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What How up? are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. Feeling good. Got off early today. so you, Yes, because you are one of the fortunate ones to still be working out yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, yes, because you uh, you took that, mail, that mailman's oath. Yeah, uh, and, you know. I'm, one, I'm what they call an essential employee. Yeah, essential worker. I don't know what term they're using. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, we really uh, we uh, the the uh, people who use their hands for a living have really come out on top uh, in this last couple weeks. We've really become the front line of uh, the American workforce. Yeah, and I can appreciate it. You know, um, we out there, man. We're trying to get this money. I know that you know, you know, you as a, a a. what is the what is your preferred term? I don't want to use a slur. Letter carrier. Letter carrier. You as a letter carrier, you know, yeah. you took your your oath. Uh, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom. Say with me, friend of the night that stays these uh, couriers from the swift. Uh huh. You got it. I don't know. Uh, completion of their appointed <laughs> rounds. Yeah. Yes. Right. I guess. Yes, and that's right. And yeah. uh, I, if I haven't told people officially on here, I am a longshoreman. I work at a port of entry. Uh, you know, uh, cruise ships, container ships, and all those kind of things. And containers have, you know, groceries, medical Bodies, supplies. Drugs. You know, we don't, we don't. Hey man, oh, <laughs> hey man, we, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Rockefeller oh, okay. here, man. We don't, we don't, you know, those are, those are hidden secrets. We don't, that's not something we, we discuss. I keep my head down and I go to work, you All know. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, you know, and, you know, our, our, our saying we have is, you know, if you put that in a container mm-hmm. and it's come on a boat, mm-hmm. then, you know, don't gloat. It's, the ship's going to stay afloat. Oh, okay. That's Did you we, just make that up just now? No, no, we've been saying that for about 175 years. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, we're just out there on the front line. So while a lot of you, I've re- I really have been feeling for people in the service industry and just seeing these, I, you know, I have a lot of friends in the service industry and bartending, music, yeah. mm-hmm. serving, and it's pretty scary for just your income to just be done. Yeah, man. I had people saying that, you know, we have, those are, the problems that we have are problems you will want to have as far as us still working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people yeah. like, oh, off, stay yeah. home. That, some I, people I, still, some people still getting paid at home. I dialed back on that. I wasn't really on it because you know I'm gonna I'll work in, until they tell me not to work. I yeah. wasn't complaining, but you know some of the jokes are funny where people yeah. are like, I'm you know me calling the CDC to let them know it's more than ten people at my job so they can close it. Yeah, I dialed back on sharing 
jokes like that because there are a lot of people who wish they could go to work. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not a it's not a funny thing to them. You know, as as annoyed as you may be, you still have a check coming in. Yeah. You know, now I did hear today, you know, today is Saturday. Uh, you know, when you guys are hearing it, it's Monday or maybe it's 2024 and, you know, the apocalypse has fully happened and you stumbled upon a dusty iPhone and charged it up and you're hearing us now. Um, the the Trump administration is putting a cease on <laughs> evictions and foreclosures on homes. Yeah. They're not putting a freeze on mortgage payments. So they're doing that for 60 days. So in 60 days, if you don't have any money, you got you know, 60, you got three mortgage payments waiting for you, yeah. but you can't be evicted or, or, uh, foreclosed on in the, in the next 60 days, yeah. which is something yeah. I think they should have just put a freeze on it. So people can just, let's pick back up on this in two months or in 60 days, you know, that's tough, but that, that causes that could, who knows the yeah. ramifications of that as far as mortgage companies and everything's a domino effect. Yeah. I'm really feeling for just the economy and, and as much as we talk shit about, you know, uh, Donald Trump, I think he is a moron, but this is a real, th- even if you're intelligent, it's really hard to kind of move the dominoes and the chess pieces in the situation. Cause it's like the workforce is done. Mm-hmm. Where's the money coming in as far as spending and all the, all those kind of things. Oh, there's a shortage on this. How do you get that to go? And now, yeah. you know, there's this, there's this defense. I can't, I can't remember the name of it right now, but basically um, I don't think he's enacted it yet. And what it is, is, it's a defense against price gouging, and I don't think it's been put in place yet. So basically, there's a shortage on masks. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage on toilet paper. Apparently, you can't get fucking toilet paper anywhere. I don't know why you guys are buying so much toilet paper. When you guys get stuck in the house, do you just yeah. shit all day? Yeah. But anyway, there's a shortage on these things. So there are companies like GM and all these things that are stopping production of cars right now to produce things like respirators and masks and whatever. But... As good as that sounds, it almost sounds like World War II, where everybody came together and we're all doing what we got to do to make the country stay afloat, mm-hmm. right? But the this defense this defense protection that's, that is an act that can be put in place prevents those companies from price gouging. Mm-hmm. So if you enact this, it says you can make masks, but you can't sell a, a $4 mask or a, those masks. Remember when you could go to Home Depot and just, if you wanted to paint a house, you could just pick up a, a box of masks for yeah. like $3? Mm-hmm. Now- one of those masks, let's say one mask costs 50 cents. You can't now mass produce those masks and sell each mask for $10. Mm. Now, that hasn't been put in place yet. So we'll yet to see the ramifications of that because, you know, capitalism doesn't give a fuck about people being hungry or whatever. If, if you see opportunity to make a buck, you're going you're gonna to take it. the opportunity to make yeah. a buck. So if that means, you know, water prices go up or respirator prices go up, whatever, you know, that's what the purpose of this is. So I really feel for that. I also don't think that this administration is properly uh equipped to even disseminate a message to the american people to make them feel better let alone handle the crisis Mm -hmm. which i think i don't think there are many administrations who could handle that Mm -hmm. but at least i want somebody this this really makes me uh aware of a moment where i'm like man i wish it was just like an adult in the room you know somebody just even just lie to you Mm -hmm. he's like everything's cool and i'm lying to you really great right now that dude's not doing (laughs) he's just really not doing a good job of lying to us who you talking about Trump? Just being like, uh, yeah. hey, man, everything's cool, and, and I'm, I got this under control. Yeah. I don't feel that at yeah. all. That dude know? is... I don't know. Yeah, so it's just wild time. <laughs> so uh, before we continue to move on, well, we can actually just move into the subject. Uh, to just mention him one last time before we move on, but it it is... He's a part of this wave. Um, Donald Trump has taken to calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus. Yep. And there was already a lot of... Uh, 
tension towards people of Asian descent because we're American and we're dumb as hell, so people can't even differentiate between Chinese and Japanese. You know, it's, yeah. it's a bunch of people who are just like, you have Asian features. I heard this was a disease from people that look like that, so stay away from me. Yeah, spraying people down with Lysol and public, attacking them, attacking them straight out, right? Just physically attacking people, and that's not okay. I actually picked my affirmative murder is a little different this week. It's more of a historical. Um, just telling of a time in history that I feel like reflects right now what's mm-hmm. happening, and so I just wanted to do something different this week. But come on, man, yeah. you're not going to get the coronavirus from eating Chinese food. Yeah, these things that I've heard are crazy. Some of the craziest things I've you're not don't drink bleach. Like who said, who said that? Just peep. Just it's really hard. It's, we live in such a crazy time where the troll voice is so loud that I can't tell if like a news outlet will pick up what may have been a troll tweet. Yeah. And and report it as if it's the news. Yeah, like that text message. What text message? You didn't see about that text message that was going around. That no, th- they what? it was. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you, please. So I this is this. so this text was uh, that was going around. Yeah, this was um, it's the dude. This dude, one of my homeboys, Alex. He like cons- he like really like conspiracy theories. Oh, I know okay. you do too, but I mean like He's this deep, dude deep, is on deep, like another level. Deep. <laughs> wow. Anyway. So this was the this was the text or email going around. Depending says, on what you throw my way right now, it might send us down a rabbit hole because uh, I got some ones. Okay, all right. Listen to this. It says Homeland Security is preparing to mobilize the National Guard, mm. preparing to dispatch them across the U.S. along with military. Mm. They will also call in first responders. They are preparing to announce a nationwide two week quarantine for all citizens, mm-hmm. all businesses closed, everyone at home. Mm-hmm. They will announce as soon as they have the troops in place to help prevent looters and rioters. I don't even know if this is a conspiracy. I they think will, this is happening. They will. Oh wait. Oh yeah. They will announce before the end of the weekend, within forty-eight to seventy-two hours. The president will evoke the call, what is called the Marsh- Stafford Act, oh, which is martial law. Yeah, Stafford Act. What is whatever this is is not what the Stafford Act means. Oh okay. Um, the president will order a two-week mandatory quarantine for the nation. Stock right. up on whatever you need to make sure you have the two-week supply of everything. Please forward this to your family. Shit like that and is the, just so dangerous. And man. the dude texts me like, yo, take, and his voice is like, man, take care of your family. Seriously, man. And I'm like, I'm like a, okay. Hey, man, get a gun. Yeah, wait. Like, wait, what? That's essentially what, essentially what he was saying. Uh-huh. But it was like, I was like, wait, let me look this up. And I was like, I was like, bro, that's a hoax. Yeah. One, it's a hoax. Two, the Stafford Act, that's not what it was. And he already evoked that like last week. And uh-huh. it's about emergency funding for the nation or something yeah. like that. He's, I was he's like, spreading bro. a whole lie, my G. Yeah. And then like you go on Twitter and everybody has and they yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's a hoax, it's too guys. It's too late. It's like, <laughs> and people was going nuts. Misinformation spreads faster than a virus, man. Wow. People just, again, I think, I, I really feel like the whole toilet paper thing is of coming from just social media just sent taking pictures about how there's no toilet paper yeah. so people go and buy five six packs of toilet paper a person yeah and now they have to put signs up at the grocery store saying hey just take one one yep they did that for the water you know it's, it's, crazy. it's the same man like people are hoard- they hoarded all the beans man <laughs> it hoarded the sugar bro come on man you know, <laughs> you know me first of all i take a time like this i'm not concerned about like not being you know dying or something like that yeah but i know when I go to the grocery store, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go and get my usual luxury items. Right. I'm going straight into recession mode off rip. Yeah. So I go to the grocery store to get, get the tortillas yep. and cheese so I can make quesadillas <laughs> and baked beans. Because yeah. I, can, I can eat hot dogs and beans and quesadillas for six months. <laughs> straight up. I can, 
One, I can do that. Two, I'm an introvert. So people are already getting stir crazy. I could do this for another two months, my yeah. guy. I could I have to, I, still, I love the house. I'm still working. <laughs> but I could if they stopped working, yeah. oh, I could do thirty days straight, no pro no, not even a flinch. Easy. I'm not flinching till like maybe month two. And deep in it too. Like yeah. two weeks into month two, I might go, Oh damn man, I wish I could I might just go take the drive around the block. Or yeah. So, just something. But I could stay in here every day for like Two months. Oh, easy. me too. Just, just. Oh, every day, wake up and do the same thing. Yep. Play some two K. Make a snack. Yep. You know, watch TV. Watch TV. <laughs> and take a nap. Yep. I, just, I could do that no problem. This is. I've been training for this my whole life. It's easy. So that's that's nothing to me. And but people are coming in. They took all the beans, man. We had. No, I don't have no sugar. Apparently, people had the same mentality that I have. The things that you think are always there. I think I talked about. I touched on this last week. But just things that you. They took all the all the bushes baked beans. <laughs> There was nothing but one, like just the half a can. You know, they got the big can, then yeah. a little tin. Mm -hmm. One tin, and it was baked beans with uh, bacon bits in it. I was about to say that it's, it's even, it's even gonna be, know. it's even gonna be something that nobody eats. Yeah, that's just, the baked <laughs> that beans version. nobody wants. The baked beans with uh, Vienna sausage bits yeah. in it. Like I don't want that. <laughs> I got so desperate, I bought Old Bay mixed sausage links. Mm. Just because the meat section was a little disparate, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a little short. So I was just like, this is meat. I can cook this and eat this. It's just crazy times, and not for any reason. I mean, there's re it's, it is crazy times. Yeah. But more so, just people need to just calm down. Be alert. Yeah. Be aware. Stay in the house if you can. And try not to spread it. You know, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing down in Florida, man. Yeah. These kids down there eating each other's asses. Party, yeah. On the beach. I saw a video of a man going up into a girl's ass with his face <laughs> on a public beach. What are you doing, man? That's, Party, man. That's uh, aside from Corona being spread, possibly you're getting you ex you're gonna exp exp expose a whole nother type of infection. Yeah, everybody, this is gonna be a, a breakout of pink eye on top of Corona. Yeah, people are like, man, this is my senior year. I'm not. Fuck that, nah. man. <laughs> Fuck that. Unfortunate. And sorry. that's why I believe that we are gonna get to a point where they just make us stay in the house because people yeah. people can't do it of their own volition. Yeah, just stay in the house for a couple weeks and it could go away. People are like. Not me. I can't stay in the house, man. I already bought these tickets six months ago. Yep. I'm going to fucking uh, Crystal Lake, Florida, or whatever. You know, it's like, just just cancel it and just let's get this over with. Yeah, when they shut down the U.S. Postal Service, then it's then real. I'm concerned. It's real. <laughs> when they <laughs> say I'll everybody just stay home, because it's some jobs, you know, it's it's all hands on deck. Yeah. When they go, even that's done. Yeah. No mail for two weeks. Yeah. That's, now that's, I'm concerned. That's a red flag, <laughs> you know. But on a serious note, some of the crazier conspiracies that, that are actually conspiracies, I, there's some elements of that dude, what are you saying, that I think could happen, like yeah. a mandatory stay in the house for two weeks kind yeah. of thing, like a more serious, not just like recommended. Yeah, I get that, but I'm talking about as far as you bringing in National Guards. And trying to use big patrolling, words. Patrolling yeah. the, the block because you got rioters and people trying yeah, to break yeah. your house. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to try to break into people's houses in stores and whatnot yeah i i don't know about that though because yeah, there's, there's people low down the totem pole that are don't dirt poor, yeah. that are not even gonna get the rona check i know you heard about the rona checks possibly coming out but the the 1k yeah like 1200 or something like that is that for everybody or? it's it's bracketed oh so i think it's if you make seventy five thousand dollars as a couple or under that but it gets to there, there's like something like if you make if you're not documented, mm. if you what there's there's people that aren't gonna get the checks, so yeah. I don't know if that'll even if it'll pass because well, of that. Like you and I, no, I think we're good. Oh no, the Rona checks coming for us. Oh okay, cool. Yeah, we're in some kind of bracket. That twelve fifty something. That twelve hundred would sit nice, even though I can't spend it anywhere. Yeah, but you know, eventually the world's got to go back to normal at some point. Yeah, <laughs> twelve hundred could come in handy. Yeah. You know, um, no, some of the conspiracies that I heard are. Um, 
people are everybody's home mm-hmm. and a lot of businesses are shut down. It's a very convenient time for ICE raids. What is I don't, ICE like, raids? Like ICE, like the, uh, immigration. Oh, the bo- okay, yeah. You know, and and I would I would wager that the ICE rates have gone up. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for a fact. I don't have any statistics in front of me. But if everybody's sitting at home right now and they have lists of names of people that they are looking for mm-hmm. and there's a good chance that they're home. Going after them, yeah. They're probably going to go after people, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think that the coronavirus is a whole big hoax to get illegal immigrants out of the country. But I'm sure that it could be a side effect of it. Yeah. So I don't even know. I take that back even being a conspiracy theory. I think that's probably happening. Yeah. I we don't it, live in I a, think it is happening. Yeah, I think we don't, we don't, we don't live in an, an illegal immigration hotbed, really. You know, but like a Texas or, you know, a place like that. I mean, obviously we have a, we have people that are, you know, yeah. you know, have, have come here from another country. and might Talking about like be, California. Might, yeah, it might be undocumented, yeah, yeah. but we're yeah. in a hotbed. Like, I've never seen an ICE raid. Yeah. You know, me, I, me personally, here in the state, I've seen them on, on, web, on, on Twitter. If people in like San Antonio or something mm-hmm. like that, but I think that's a, a possibility. So just people be on alert for that. I don't want to see anybody in a time like this having to go through going going to another country that you haven't been to in twenty years and immediately being quarantined because you're from the United States or something weird like that. You know, it's just a crazy time to even be doing something like that. Yeah. Another conspiracy I heard, and this is again probably not a conspiracy because it's happening. You know, I'm, I'm currently watching The Walking Dead, which Fran, I know you haven't watched it in a long time, but it's coming on. It got a little stagnant. Mm. It's coming through on the other side. It's starting to get good again. I haven't caught up, but I'm getting close to getting caught up. It's getting good again. So I recommend it. It's a lot of time going on, you know, free yeah. free time. So something to think about. Um, this is, you see all these movies that are coming directly to streaming and all this kind of stuff. This is a very lucrative point for streaming services. Yeah. You know, now, again, I'm not saying coronavirus was is a hoax to get so Disney Plus can go jump out the gym. Yeah, but no, Disney Plus is jumping out the gym. Yeah, they br- they bought Frozen too on a quick and fast and in a hurry. Oh like, yeah. Oh, it's streaming now. Oh yeah, yeah. Come get it. <laughs> Sign up. You're gonna be home. Yeah. Give us the nine ninety nine or whatever it is, and you know, come enjoy your life. You're not doing nothing else. You got yeah. all these kids at home for the rest of the year, pretty much. Yeah. Get on Disney Plus. So again, I don't even know if that's a conspiracy theory, but it's happening. Yeah. Now the conspiracy theory part of it is that it's all a lie, so that people do these things. I don't think coronavirus is a lie. I've seen so many videos of people saying that. It, um, people need to follow the Hippocratic Oath. So people keep saying, where are the names? Like, I don't know. Any, we aren't seeing names of people that have died. They just say this person died. They were in their 70s and they had a compromised immune system and they died. But you can't do, you can't give people's information now. names for? Because that's what a conspiracy theorist looks for anything that is not being revealed and that's all they need it. to. That's all they need to boost up their. Yeah. It's like, what? Where are the names? Like that annoying ass guy on Instagram. I don't. Doctor, know. I don't know what that dude. Oh, you Omar? know what I'm talking about? Doctor yeah. Omar Johnson. Oh, that, that dude's a fraud, man. But let me tell you this. Full disclosure. I don't. You know, whatever. I used to watch those like six years ago. I used to watch him. There's this guy named Professor Griff because they had all the Illuminati conspiracy. They did all that. Mm-hmm. Not only do he talks about some crazy shit, he's homophobic stuff and all that stuff, but they would also talk about the rap industry being controlled by the crimp, by fucking, you know, the Bilderberg group. And all. I'm really, I was into that very heavily at a point and Dr. Umar was some crossover there. But now he's the funniest person on Twitter just unintentionally. Just people sharing his his videos that he's made yeah. under and out of context, yeah. it's it's the funniest thing in the world. But anyway, um, yeah, man, it's just just it's just crazy times right now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I might have, you know, opened up some kind of Pandora's box or caused a curse when I when I said Kobe. I said hopefully it doesn't get any worse than this. It can't get any worse than this. 
and then the the universe just keeps saying, <laughs> "Watch this." Yeah, you know, hold my hold, hold my, my beer. Yeah, hold my beer and watch this, fam. Uh, so I'm not gonna say anything like that. Now, all I'll say is, um, if anybody knows of any links, you know, because I am fortunate enough to still be working, you know, if, even if I can just give fifty dollars, whatever, to any kind of Meals on Wheels type of situation, because there's a ton of people now. You shop at CVS. On your own accord. Yep. But there's a lot of people who live in food deserts who have who during this whole crisis had to go to a CVS because there's no proper grocery store within miles of their house. So they depended on CVS to get any kind of groceries they can. Yeah. And those places go out of in a situation like this, they're out of stock immediately, yeah. and they aren't prepared to get more stuff. Whatever they have in there is just like that's what they have. They're not they're not getting fresh food. It's convenience. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that little thing of bananas they have at the front. Yeah. They're not getting another one of those. They don't expect those to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> Who buys the banana from a CVS? But in a time like this, you do. Yeah. You know, so I really feel for people like that living in food deserts, don't have access to a proper grocery store. And if I can, you know, on top of the kids that are in school and, mm-hmm. you know, don't have access to, you know, food, if I can help in any kind of way, I would love to. So anybody out there who knows any links like that. Just start one. Specifically in Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's done the legwork, I would love to contribute my money. I don't, I don't know how to do those things. That's not my forte. I, 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 know. I don't want people sending me money, and I'm responsible. <laughs> Somebody who knows what they're doing, send me the link to the, a person who knows what they're doing. I'll give them my money. I don't know how to do that stuff. It's not me. It's not going to be me. Then I'm in some newspaper about a fraud, and I'm stealing from the American people in a, during a crisis. It ain't happening. It would be great exposure for the podcast, but it ain't happening. <laughs> It's not going to be me. It can't be me. Sorry. I can't do it. But, um, no, no, people out there, anybody out there who's currently, you know, laid off or, you know, struggling, I feel, I feel for you, man. You know, reach out. Yeah. You know, if, 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 if I got it, I'll, I'll help anybody I can. I really yeah. do mean that. You know, it's not going to be nothing life-changing, but, I, you know, you send me your cash app if you need $10, 15 $20. If I can do it, I can. I, you know, I, would, I absolutely would love to help anybody I can. Yeah, I need to see proof. I'm not just sending out, sending out money like that. It's, that ain't going to happen. Ah, the, for, <laughs> the forever skeptic friend. I mean, yeah. I, I, I said something about that last week because everybody yeah, kept sharing the things and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, like I, I the post I said was, I'm from Baltimore, man. I didn't had people who are heroin addicts hit me up yeah. and tell me that they need me to Diapers send them money right now because yeah. the, the tire got flat and they're on the way to a court appearance so they can get their child back and a whole thing. And then I don't do it because I feel weird. But then I talk to somebody and I go... Hey man, remember that guy I went to high school with? Man, he sent me this weird message. Man, I felt really bad. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, that dude's a straight up a, a homeless heroin addict." Man, he doesn't even have children. He's like, "Oh wow, people will say anything." Yeah. So, especially if they contact me, like we don't even. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know you like that. Why am I the person that you go to for yeah. this? You don't have. I'm the closest friend you have. <laughs> I haven't seen you since 2006. So you know, yeah. uh, it's probably a lot of that going on right now. But I understand it. You know, if you if you're in the industry, I got a lot. Like I said, I got a lot of people in the music industry like locally that play band uh, bars and do live gigs and all that kind yeah. of stuff it's, that's just done it's I couldn't right. imagine man. I couldn't imagine you know whether the times are good times are bad whatever my life is solely dependent on you know human contact and you know person to person money exchange yeah. whether that's tips whatever the case may be entertaining people in order to generate business that's just done indefinitely so that's scary, man. Now that's scary. Everything else, don't listen to these weird text messages. And if it's not coming out of a, a, a reliable source's mouth, like a, a a proper news channel or something, don't listen to your friend 
who works at Arby's. (laughs) It blows my mind how many people are getting their facts from memes and things on Facebook. Come on, we got to be better. We got to be better than that, man. Do research. Do some research. Read something. Simple Google search. You go, oh, that's crazy. You know, uh, the, the the patron act, that's enacted and now we can't leave our house and if we do, we'll get shot. That's crazy. Share. No, don't share. Google it. <laughs> Google it and see if it's true. Right. Because it's, it's probably not true. You know? I don't want to say we Americans are better than that because I've seen evidence to the contrary for so many years, but we, we can be and we should be. Let's be. Yeah, now we got somebody in office like that. But I don't want to go there. I just, I'm sick of even... I don't even... That dude is... That's, that dude's not going to get us through this. He called the reporter like a moron or something. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you like this, though. The dude is brazen. I got to give him points. <laughs> it's the craziest time. Like, everybody's panicking. Cross yeah. code lines around the block. And he's still getting this shit up. Like, I call you Concast. Because your your news channel's a con artist. It's I was like, like, this guy. People are terrified, man. Right now. You getting your jokes off? He's bold, man. He he, he doesn't turn off. Concast. I, I respect wow. that in some weird way. He's like, I don't care if the meteor's coming. You're fake news. And, you know, I won the election. So, that's why you're mad. And it's like, but sir, we just want to know people are dying. Do you have yeah. any kind of, nope, you lost and you're mad and you know, shut up, stupid. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck, man. No. I, I kind of fuck with it a little bit, honestly. Like to be that, uh, don't give a fuck. Yeah. Is, it takes a certain kind of person. As the United States president. Yeah. It's bold, man. It's bold. <laughs> it's, it's different. I'm, I'm going to try to, I try to take that in into certain aspects of my yeah. life, not leadership, he doesn't but, care. but certain aspects where I'm like, you're just a hater. Like that's just that's like I'm gonna that's gonna be my mentality all the rest of 2020 if, if we make it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of course, it's you know I don't give a shit what's going on. It's still Buster Rhymes Appreciation Month. So uh, yes, although times are a little scary right now, it does not matter. We're gonna dance through it. We're gonna gyrate through it. We're gonna you know we're gonna struggle meal our way through it. Also, somebody put up a picture on Twitter of a delicious looking turkey sandwich and put a picture. And, and put a caption saying struggle meal with the like oh the sad face with the mouth fr- frowned upside down it's like sir that is a turkey sandwich yeah there's nothing a struggle but it just you you're really seeing the worst of people come out where you're like oh you just live a super sheltered life man yeah got all these celebrities singing imagine by the beatles i don't care about you singing <laughs> this motherfucker's hungry right now you're like well let me sing you a little ditty right now for my mansion you know they got the front facing camera showing you their all white house with fucking yeah. beautiful plants and stuff it's like Guys, on live concerts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My man Sway Lee, voice of fool. an angel, did a, 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 a Facebook live concert. So you on stage, bro? <laughs> got the you crowd the, playing. So you got to sing the words. <laughs> he, he did that a stage wild. dive. Yeah, you do a stage dive at home. <laughs> that boy, that did, that, 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 that made me, he did it right. Yeah. He did the celebrity talking to people during the quarantine right. Yeah. Don't get on quarantine like uh, Vanessa Hudgens and be like, guys, when is this going to be over? I mean, like, yeah. just, just let people die yeah. so that when the summer's... Can we she said that? In, 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 in fewer words. Oh, okay. She said, basically she said, hey, guys, like, they're talking about this quarantine being until, like, July. Mm-mm. That's not going to work. And it was very, like, hair flip, like, I got things to do. Yeah. Summer's going to be popping. And, yeah. you know, I mean, let's just... If we go outside and people get coronavirus, like... Sure, that's bad. Yeah, man. Some, some people are gonna die, but like that's like that's life. Celebrities, man, they they're glib, they man. They don't know man. what it's like to nobody. No celebrity, no A list celebrity right now is like, when is my next paycheck coming? The yeah. mortgage, yeah, real life things. They're worried about like Coachella and, and titties. What? 
<laughs> you see Lil Boosie? Oh, <laughs> I see your face. We're getting up. We're going. <laughs> we're going down the whole face. thing, though. Yes, Lil Boosie. You see your face, we're man. Not, we're not going. Titties. <laughs> Who's worried about titties? Yes, Lil Boosie is. Lil Boosie Badass is worried about titties. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, was, did, he did. He yeah, did. He did quarantine titty day. But he was giving people. He was giving money to people, though. He was. He was oh, I didn't see that. You know, I didn't see that. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> ask anybody to uh, go expose themselves. For my little ten dollars that I'm offering to people, if I can, you know. But Lil Boosie was saying, you know, send me your cash app and let me see your breasts and other things, and I'll give you fifty dollars or whatever. So, you know, he's trying to stimulate oh, the economy man. however he can. That's it for a little Boosie talk on this podcast. We're not, we're not, we're not going down that. That's a crazy rabbit hole. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna play Busta Rhymes, Dangerous. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Niggas who don't care, floss like a bunch of young black millionaires. Uh-huh. Making you run, me and my done, stacking my ones. Floss a little, invest up in the mutual fund. Blowing the horn, a sense of every day I was born. Never dream I see a nigga landscaping my lawn. Uh-huh. Dangerous, my nigga should be accurate. Uh-huh. Have to get the flow be so immaculate. Hey yo, hey yo, watching my dough, sipping my mo. Uh-huh. Sipping it slow, them pretty bitches saying hello. Anyway, go ahead and display your olive ole. Uh-huh. Little honey dip whipping a little cariolet. Uh-huh. I don't mean to hold you up, but I got something to say. Right. Swear to only give you. You hot shit every day, afraid of us. You know this ain't a game to us. You strange to us. That's when we getting dangerous. Come on. This is serious. We could make you delirious. You should have a healthy fear of us. There's too much of us. It's dangerous. So dangerous. We so dangerous. A flip most fall is dangerous. So dangerous. We so dangerous. My whole entire unit is dangerous. All right, and we are back. Fran, it's your turn to go first. Real quickly, this is not a commercial. I don't know if they're still doing it, but um, me and Sierra have been getting HelloFresh. Me and Fran were just discussing it before we got back um, to potting. And um, I think that maybe people, if you have the means to do so, maybe look into seeing if you can sign up for that. I mean, I don't know if that will now get flooded with that, and then that's not available because I did try to buy a bidet, and they aren't available. You tried to buy one? Yeah, I tried to buy one just because – I I use wet wipes. Can't get can't get wet wipes anywhere. Yeah, and you know. Wait. Yeah. So how do you buy? Wait. So how does it work? You can. It's a they have home, They have home bidet kits. Oh, okay. you can turn your toilet to into a bidet. They aren't really. They are sold out. How much are they? Um, they have ones from you know two hundred dollars to fifteen dollars. You know, depending on the quality one you want. You know. Yeah, man. I, I've been thinking about for the last couple of years. I've been thinking about making that transition to you know. You know that toot spray. You know, cause you know, you know, you know, toilet paper get all it's all dry. You know, rubs your ass the wrong way. And wet wipes get the job done, but they're not great for the environment. Yeah. And this real this coronavirus thing has really been a wake up call for me that I could be doing more for the environment. And a little uh, ass wash, uh, if that saves a bunch of fucking wipes and toilet paper being in the ocean, I can do that. So when this whole thing clears up, I might look into turning our toilet into a, a bidet. Hmm. Just cause That's a good you know, idea. you know. I like to have a nice, clean, fresh, washed ass when I get out of the shower. Yeah. So why not every time I take a deuce, my ass is fresh and clean? Yeah, you know, little tickle, little t- little tickle. You know, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, a little butt play is I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, we don't, I don't kink shame here. You know, I'm I'm not gonna judge people if that's what if that's that's what you get out of it. I just was talking from a clean perspective. But, uh, me too. All right, well, you added another thing in there. That's your business. Uh, but um, you know, however people, whatever people want to do with it, I. You know, but yeah, I think that you could. Well, let's all try to save the planet in whatever little steps that we can, and at the very least, you know, make it less of a disgusting planet. Even if we can't save it, let's not have it be fucking 
shitty paper everywhere. Uh, with that being said, and don't fucking sh- uh, shove corn cobs up your ass. I heard somebody, go- a governor made a joke Whoa. like that or something. In the, but I don't know if he's the governor of, I don't know, Indiana or Minnesota or something like that. And he said, like, they shove, you know, they use corn cobs to clean their ass up there because they're like, you know, we're, we're, we're salt of the earth and we're the real Americans. I guess that is a resourceful thing, but mm, sounds a little butt played. I mean, don't, don't, don't shove a, <laughs> don't shove a corn cob up your butt, folks. It's just find some teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, I, I, I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wow, um, I don't think my story is going to top that. Uh, all right, <laughs> so uh, my affirmative murder this week is about Benjamin Tony Atkins. <clears throat> so Benjamin Tony Atkins was also known as the Woodward Corridor Killer. Mm. Was an American serial killer who murdered eleven women in Detroit, Michigan, during a period of nine months between December nineteen ninety one and August nineteen ninety two. How many? Eleven. In a year. Uh, yep. Jeez. Yep. Just about. Yep. So all the victims were found in vacant buildings. All had been raped and strangled. Most of them had been murdered in Highland Park. Many of the victims were working as prostitutes, and Atkins said that he was motivated by a hatred of prostitution. It blows my mind the the number of stories that we do. Yeah, that it's it it takes that little work. It's it's like the the, the person might not even have been doing that good of a job being a serial killer. Just like. Nobody gives a shit about all these black and brown women who are on the street and their yeah. bodies turn up dead and they go, ah, just like a hazard of being a sex worker. So whatever. And then it takes getting up to 11 people to really go, oh, shit, well, these are all kind of close to each other. And I guess this is a thing. It, you know, like the Grim Sleeper thing is nuts, man. Yeah. That's nuts. And it's this, it's always the same M.O. with a lot of these uh, inner city black serial killers. Like, you know, there's a lot of poor people there and a lot of women who are poor do what they got to do to survive. They turn to sex workers and then some crazy person kills them and nobody gives a shit. Yep. There's another one of those guys. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So during his trial, it was revealed that Atkins himself was raped at age 10 yeah. and had witnessed his mother engage in prostitution. He was convicted. He was convicted of 11 counts of first degree murder and one count of first degree sexual conduct. And sentenced to 11 life sentences. Mm. On September 17th, 1997, he died of an infection caused by HIV mm. at, at Duan Waters Hospital, which is connected with the, the Egler Correctional Facility in Jackson. You said 1995? When he died? That's when he died? No, 97. 97? Oh. Yeah. Still? So that's like, he got caught in 92? Yeah. So he didn't even really life was no he did eleven like, life yeah. was five like five years <laughs> yeah damn <clears throat> he got off easy um I guess so his victims were Darlene Sanders who was thirty four attacked raped and sodomized on October nineteen ninety one in Highland Park mm. Debbie Ann Friday who was thirty found um, raped strangled and sodomized on December fourteenth nineteen ninety one also in Highland Park Bertha Jean Ma- uh, Mason who was twenty six. Uh, 26, I think that was, she was the youngest one that he, um, one, one of his victims, one yeah. of his youngest victims. She was 26, found strangled, raped, and sodomized on December 30th, 1991 in Detroit. Mm. Patricia Cannon George, who was 36, found strangled, raped, and sodomized on January 3rd, 1992. Um, Vicky Trulove, who was 39, found sodomized, strangled, and raped on January 25th, 1992. And Valerie Chalk, who was 34, uh, was also killed the same way as all the other ones. Um, 
You got Juanita Hardy, who was 23. Sorry, that was his youngest, 23. Okay. She was also found raped. Jeez. Um, one unknown victim that um, was unidentified, she was also found raped, raped and strangled. Mm. Brenda Michelle, who was 28, was also found raped and strangled. Um, Joanne, Joanne O'Rock, who was 45, was also found raped. Um, this name, I don't know. Osinina Waymer, who mm. was 21, was found raped. And then you got Latan, Latanya Shawanda Smith. Latanya Shawanda Smith. Yeah. How old was she? Who was She was 29. Okay. And she was found beaten um, all the same. in 92 in Holland Park. All the same M.O. It's not even doing anything nope. clever. You know, that's the craziest part to me. Like, you, you're catching these people in these vulnerable states. Yeah. Um, they're providing a service to you mm-hmm. for money. And so they let their guard down. Yep. And then you kill them. Yeah. Also, I kind of, I saw this video and I've seen other videos of people like um, celebrating when they finesse women out of cash who agree to have sex with them for money. And I don't know, it's not my place to say, but I don't know if that's rape, but it's something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, if if two people agree, I'm going to, you give me $200, I'll, you know, give you head or yeah. I have sex with you or whatever. And then you give them $20 and kick them out of your house. And you're like, ha ha ha, got them. It's like, that's something. Yeah. You know, that's really fucked up to do. And and because there's, you know, all these stigmas and actual illegalities around sex work. You can't contract. Pe- people, you can't, yeah. you can't call the police about that. Yeah. You can just get away with doing that. Uh, I don't know if it's rape. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is rape. But it's something. Mm-hmm. And that's super fucked up to do, you know, yeah. to trick people into, yes, tricking them into having sex with you. That might be that. I guess that's rape, kind of. Well, it's hmm. not tricking them, though. I mean, if you, if you, if I, if I get you to come over to my house and you know do drywall at my house for a thousand dollars, and then when you get done, I give you, I go here's two fifty, and there's nothing you can do about it. I tricked you to come over here. You wouldn't yeah, have come over say- here for two fifty. Okay, yeah, okay. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. Um, just a thought. Yeah. Also, with this, I'm kind of confused about is what I mean by me being confused is that this guy says he doesn't like prostitution. Uh-huh. And that's why he did the crimes. But you rape the women. I don't I don't that part I don't understand. There's so much um Do you get what I'm saying? No, I get you. But there's just so much psychology around rape. Sometimes it's to demean women or people cuz people. Sometimes it's to demean them. Sometimes it's to get sexual gratification uh gratification for yourself. So it's it, he might have thought he was embarrassing them or humiliating them in raping them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's part of hate. That yeah. could be a part of the hate for him. But it's like you don't like prostitution and the meaning of prostitution, you're, you're having sex. You, you, but you, you are you are contributing to yeah. the system of, of sex work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, nobody's going to accuse this dumb this guy of being a smart. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's killing people. So whatever weird thing that he's justifying it in, it made sense to him. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll do the dishes a certain way in the dishwasher and Sierra will come behind me and go, you should do them like this. And it's like, it makes yeah, the way I did it, it makes sense. I can't explain it to you. Yeah, <laughs> but it it the si- it there's works. a system. Yeah, this is a it system works for me. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um. So, Benjamin Tony Atkins, who grew up from a tortured childhood into America's fastest serial killer. Oh wow! Um, he's died four years. So he he died four years into his eleven life <laughs> life terms. Yeah, uh, he was serving a string of murders in Detroit and Highland Park during a nine month period in 1991-1992. Um. No, he he raped and strangled eleven women. <clears throat> yeah, so once again, um, so Atkins, like I said earlier, he was driven by the hatred of prostitution. Uh huh. Um, so before he was arrested, 
after Toll mounted a task force of investigators from Highland Park, Detroit, and Michigan State Police and the FBI was assembled. I wonder how many, what the number had to get to before this was looked bad on them that they had to put a task force together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was it at eight? Did he get to 11 and then they caught him? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a, there, there had to be somebody who put them all together and said, this looks like it's all one person. Yeah. And that number had to get definitely, probably a, above five. Yeah. I wonder. So the coalition underscored um, the urgency of the manhunt, given the frequent bitter relationship between the Detroit City Administration and the FBI. Mm. Yet, through false starts and acquis- um, occasional stumbles, the task force pulled together and helped in great measures by a woman who had survived an attack mm. by um, a street character she knew as only Tony. So that's the name he's going by was Tony every time man it's always it's the same thing with that dude Anthony Sowell the Cleveland Strangler yeah it's just some lady jumped out a window and survived and brought the whole thing down you know like shout out to her shout out to Pam I don't you know I don't know if she particularly brought down the Grim Sleeper but just shout out to Pam for being is that the one that everybody liked oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Pam Pam. Pam's the one Pam to me always whenever I hear the story of the woman who got away and brought the whole thing down is Pam is like the representation of that. She's like the saint of that, mm-hmm. the patron saint of sex workers getting away and bringing down serial killers. It'd yeah, be a, it'd be a, it'd be a picture of Pam. She's still out there doing her the, thing. The, like it's a picture, but the gold tooth is they used like a some kind of real gold thing. So if the picture's black and white, but the gold actually shimmers. It'd be one of those kind of things. <laughs> Remember those pictures they had like on T-shirts? It was like Scarface, but then they had rhinestones on it and yeah. stuff like that it's like that her, it's a black and white picture but her gold tooth is actually it's gold yeah and it'll be hanging up in, in my house yeah shout out to Pam that's what you want to do or? I would love to I, yeah. I can't go anywhere right now I, <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah, I think the frame shop is closed so you know, maybe <laughs> at some point I'd love to do that yep Um. so they said any special any serial killer especially a prolific one like Atkins required a good team effort um this was a member of the task force. Yeah. The guy named uh, Paul Paul Lindsay. It's funny how they say prolific about so many people, and I've never seen a documentary. Or, you know, I've no. never heard of these people. They, they no. say that, and these numbers bear that, and there's a whole fucking system of, you know, inner city black sex workers, sex workers, women, just out on the street being murdered frequently, it seems, from the, you know, the, the numbers of serial killers that we've done that don't get talked about, mm-hmm. and yet... To say they're prolific is just not true. Yeah, because I don't. I've never heard of these people. Yeah. Unless you go, <clears throat> you do a deep dive. Yeah, <laughs> on unless you actively searching for it. You know, if you let let America tell it. It's like Ted Bundy killed everybody. Yeah, and and Charles I Manson. Mean, yeah, something like that. You put you could just type in something related to that, and then they pop up. Yeah, immediately. You type in killer. Yeah, <laughs> Ted Bundy's like the first guy that comes. Up. He's yeah. the he's the only killer ever. Yep. Uh, so <clears throat> while prostitutes and drug users are sometimes mocked and disdained. Even when brutally victimized, the task force was not deterred. It doesn't matter who the victims are. You just want it to stop. Yeah. With with the help of the, the surviving um, victim, Atkins, who sometimes worked as a pizza cook, was arrested along Woodward. Atkins was a study of childhood distress. He grew up in boy. He grew up in a boy's home. Um, when not living with his with his mother, mm. a prostitute who turned tricks. In the front seat of cars, as the young Atkins watched in the back. So that's where the hate of sex workers yep. and women came from. Because yeah. he hates his mother. Yeah. You know. Boom. And you know he was also raped as a child by a caseworker. Oh. His attorney said. Yeah, that's a, that's a trifecta right there. That, that's 
it's hard hard to turn that into a good person you know that's, that's a lot of trauma but you can tell a lot about a person by their relationship with their mother you know what I mean? or just a childhood period i mean but that you that, that you might not be able to know but if a guy's like man i fuck my mom like i don't i don't talk to oh okay I you can exactly. tell you can not not every guy because sometimes some guys just have like you know moms who are not we're not good good parents but yeah. if they just straight up hate their mom i take that i'm like you might treat if you could have those feelings about your mom like a relationship is super dangerous you know for you you could treat a woman who's not your mom like absolute shit yeah because you treat your mom like shit yeah so that's always just to the ladies out there listening like uh, how a guy treats his mom says a lot about him yeah uh so at first atkins denied the killing saying his homosexuality precluded any interest in women was he lying (laughs) it was that what he told the police when they like went to see like investigate him yeah he said, I'm, like, I'm gay. Yeah. I don't even like women. Yep. Clearly, that's a lot. I mean, he could, I guess, I mean, you could just hate, you could just, I don't know, can you rape somebody and not be attracted to that sex? I don't, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'll never find out either. Like, yeah. I mean, so many questions when we do these where I'm like, I'll never Maybe know t- well, unless they probably, tell you. Well, he probably told me that during interrogation. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah. I'm gay. I don't even like women. Yeah. But, and I. I didn't do. That's why I didn't do the killing. Exactly, but he did. But he did. <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. must like women because yeah. he raped eleven women. Yeah. So it's like, but how do you? Can you be gay or bi? I guess you can be bi. Yeah. He could be. He could like men and still have done this. Yeah. Um. So, but watching the inter the, the interrogation was Detroit homicide detective Sergeant Ronald Sanders, who was scheduled to leave on vacation in an hour. Sanders asked for a shot at Atkins. So this dude must have been like, and the he guy, was on time. Like, like, let me. I'm going to Margaritaville me, yeah. in, in 45 minutes. I, I, I can crack this yeah. nut. Let me do this real quick. Step aside. Let me do this. Yeah, he had like a Tommy Bahama shirt on. Yeah, like <laughs> he's ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> um, so you never had you never had a father. Sanders said to Atkins during yeah. this interrogation. I have a son exactly your age. If you need to get this off your chest, talk to me. Mm, he played the friend. Mm. And Atkins did mm. Working his way <laughs> This part was funny Working his way through five cheeseburgers Atkins, In an hour he must have missed his flight <laughs> The guy must have missed his flight Or that dude woofed those burgers down Like fucking uh, Popeye's friend Maybe I don't know But through working his way through five cheeseburgers That was a good reference man You're not gonna give me points on that On what? Remember Popeye's friend? No what was that? So I trade you, trade you a hamburger today for something something Then he eat the burger Popeye, the sailor man. Oh, you said his friend. Oh, yeah. the boy guy. Yeah, the guy that walk around with the with the uh, the meat grinder. Yeah, he, he, he would tear some burgers up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. All, I forgot about. I haven't seen that show in years, man. <laughs> he said he got the weird voice. I forgot about him. Yeah, Trade you a hamburger yeah. today. I'm bad hamburger right now. What was his What was his name? I don't can't remember. See, that's why they hamburger catch him. man. Hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> he walk around with the grinder. Damn, <laughs> I forgot about that. You can probably stream Popeye right now, man. You ain't got nothing else better to do. Yeah, that's you can't true. Go nowhere. Uh, so yeah, so. He five cheeseburgers. Five cheeseburgers. Atkins confessed to the murders. Guess all you needed. That's a lot of burgers, man. Jesus. What, I don't even know what kind of burgers we talking about, though. We talking about McDonald's McDou- burgers. McDoubles, we talking about... Do they have no taste? They want no five Whopper, burgers. Whopper uh, burgers. Ooh, flame broiledness. Mm. And those are huge. You you, you, you throw down five of those. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know, because the sesame seeds are... Surprised. They're, they're sneakily filling. <laughs> I could probably eat. I could probably eat three McDoubles before I could eat three Flame Bro Whoppers. Yeah. 
Oh, they got a, it's so much accoutrement on a Whopper. They got the whole the whole ring of onion. Yeah, and the whole tomatoes. And then McDouble's just get straight to the business. It's yep. just ketchup and mustard and some little maybe some little crispy little onion bits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's burger meat. Yeah, that's it. So I don't know. What would you prefer? Out of Whopper what? What are my choices? McDouble. Obviously, nobody can eat five Five Guys burgers. Yeah. So and it's, it's not like, even that's that. like $100. Yeah, um, no, they're getting them something cheap. So we're talking about we're talking about Burger King, McDonald's, and everything else is kind of yeah. around that tier. Um, five of them? Five of them. Got to eat five of them. And, and you're talking about, even it's not a race. You want to enjoy all five of the burgers. I'm going, I'm going Burger King. Insane, man. Yeah. I don't know if they spray them with some kind of fake smoke. Or if they actually do flame broil them, yeah. <laughs> but it tastes like it. That smokiness does Delicious. something for me, man. Yeah, it really. They put, they it, put it, nice fresh lettuce. Yeah, mayonnaise. It tastes like you're at the cookout. You know, yeah. it tastes like a cookout. Yeah, I don't think. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not admitting to any murders of no five McDonald's burgers. Yeah, come on, man. Gotta, you gotta have some, <laughs> gotta have some self-respect. Yeah, like, you gotta, you gotta know. wind me and dime me a little. Say no. Ball it up. It's not good enough. Yeah, throw it away. So if you want these confessions, I suggest you go a little further down the block. Throw it in Kobe. Yeah. Kobe in the trash can. Uh, yeah, so again, he, he whiffed down five burgers, and Atkins confessed to the murders, including one victim that had that had hidden in a secret, that he had hidden in a secret basement beneath the uh, vacant garage. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. That <clears throat> takes a little more work. It also, But a lot of this sounds like he just was killing them and leaving them like ab- in abandoned buildings and behind trash cans and shit. Yeah. But just one I woman, feel like he had some secret compartment in yeah, his house. I feel like that one probably was his first one. <clears throat> so he goes, I want to be, I want to keep or this secret. Or he might have went, he might have, that might have been one where he made multiple, he might have kept her around for a bit. That's true. just speculation, you know. Yeah, but, true. Yeah. But I feel like that first one you go, I got to, I got to make clean air all evidence. Mm-hmm. Then you get and then you, the, Yeah, and then you do, he's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm just nobody, it. nobody even looked. They're like, I didn't even see a news story about yeah. the girl, so nobody cares. That's the sad part. Where yeah. it's like, he did all that work. This is all speculation, of course, but maybe he did all that work, hid her, and cleaned up the scene, and yeah, then nobody like, ever yeah. looked for. Her. So it's like, that's like, oh, too no, much work. Yeah, nobody and yeah, nobody gives a shit. So yeah. I'll just kill him, leave him where I leave, where yeah. I kill him at. And they only found that one because he confessed to it. Yeah, exactly. So that's it the... took five burgers yeah. to get that out of him. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, and I got one more. What? <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, so, but still, the task force members, um, James Dobson, wonders what really pushed Atkins. Why? Why did it all happen, asked Dobson, who retired from the Highland Park Police Department as a lieutenant. Who knows what happened in these li- in those lives that brought this that brought this to pass? Mm-hmm. And who knows what happened to him? At trial, his attorney, Jeffrey Addison, fought hard to convince jurors that Atkins was a product of a harsh society and env- environment. But in the end... George pronounced Atkins guilty. Yeah. He seemed to shrug it off. His greatest concern on leaving the courtroom, a sheriff's deputy said, was getting a cigarette. So he was like, This dude is I'm over this. Yeah. I need to just really blow these stresses away. I need a fag. And just, well, it's America. I need a Lucy. Yeah. And I need to just blow one down. And it's been a long day. This dude doesn't give a shit about anything, man. The fact that he ate That's five wild, cheeseburgers man. while doing an interrogation, your stomach's not upset. You don't you don't feel the pressure of being a murderer. He looks like a big dude. Is so. that why five burgers? You don't think five burgers is nothing to this dude? Nah. Oh, he's a machine. Oh, that last one was just like, oh, just man, the right so, one. I'm was stuffed like... at the five. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, oh man, oof, I'm stuffed at the. But five. what if he like made like special requests? 
You like, have that leverage when yeah. you're making when you're <laughs> like I don't want any onions on these. Oh, that's crazy. Ketchup. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Mustard. A little bit of lettuce. That's crazy. So I, you know. So here's just, the deal. I want you to go to McDonald's. I want you to get the Mc, the McDouble sauce. Go to Burger King. Tell them put this on the Burger King burgers. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. This I want you to go to whatever he's got. Better be good. Mary Supermarket. He better confess to yeah. fucking <laughs> killing John Benet Ramsey. Yeah. Get Mer- Go to Mary Supermarket. Fresh patties. Get buns, and I want you to get me a forming grill. And I want to make the burgers. I cook, myself. <laughs> I cook myself. I want to hibachi my own burgers right here in front of you. <laughs> That's that would be a crazy request. Man, he cook them just right. It's kind. Of, that's underrated man that's an underrated thing man. yeah cause some people sometimes they don't make the burgers the way you want them nah. it could be the best beef and whatever but if it's not cooked how you want it yeah. it's not gonna be as good like my burgers are like burnt not per- <laughs> I don't like my burgers burnt you like them I a do little, a little crispy right a little crispy yeah. but I like them with mayonnaise and a little sprinkle of season, 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 all, season salt oh okay yeah give, okay. give it that little bit of kick yeah they don't they don't, they don't do that burger king McDonald's nah uh, so yeah, so he was after after the um the trial, or whatever. He was like, "Look, I'm guilty. I did it. Mm-hmm. I want to go get a cigarette. I'm out of here." So his confession, man, they must have they must have planned on giving him the death penalty. His his plea was eleven life sentences. Eleven for every every victim. Yeah, I guess that's the best he could do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he did like I mean he didn't even he got off easy to me. That's oh for sure. Well, just, I mean, he died of like HIV related illness. That, that probably wasn't fun, but he didn't have to. Spend you know sixty years in jail. Yeah, right? I wish he would have suffered with HIV for eleven for eleven life uh, terms. Oh wow, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm mean, fuck him for sure. Yeah, man. so uh, yeah, that was um my first murder of um Benjamin Tony Atkins. This is him. Let me see. I'm here, a close up picture. That's him right there. Yeah, that dude looks like he has a neck like he can knock down yeah. five burgers. Just double stack them, McGang bang them. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you know yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah oh yeah. He's probably you could he could probably knock out a McDouble in yomp, yomp, yomp. Probably about three bites. Yeah. And like still talk? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> he can that neck is so thick, he yeah. could just swallow a whole mouthful of burger and, and it you know, for some people it hurts to swallow a lot of food. Him and just whoop, whoop, and you know, go down. You know what's weird to me? Machine. So if you say if we lined up like a group of people in here, uh huh, <clears throat> and then one of them is a serial killer. Sure. By you just like looking at him physically, uh-huh. just like you would assume the biggest dude is the killer. No, you would just no. go. These all people seem normal. Oh, but you sure. just don't know what's you don't know what's running going on behind in, the ears. Behind, that is in between those two ears. You don't know what's going that is on. wild to me. And the craziest part is a lot of those people who are serial killers are sociopaths. So they could be in this room and make you feel like the person next to him, like they're scared of him, to where now that your is focus is they know how to play people and manipulate people and you know elude suspicion. To a point, yeah, man, it's crazy. A lot of crazy people out there, man. So that's why I never wow. am discounting military being brought in or anything like that. Because this is not this is not the zombie apocalypse. This this whole Corona thing really exposed to me my whole zombie plan. Just throw it out because this is it got this nuts over a super flu. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this isn't nobody's like dying, eyes bleeding in the street, like real terror. Yeah, where you go, oh, if you get this. You die tonight. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to just recover from this, and it shut everything down. Yeah. Or if it was like, I mean, because people make it seem like, maybe I don't know, but people make it seem like you can just, like, walk outside and just 
It's like it's in the it's, air. It's, it's, it's it's just floating around in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So like, if you get it, or like, you, you know, you was just in the area. Or something. I don't know. It's just. But that's like, the danger of a pandemic. It's misinformation. People just making up things, speculating, yeah. and it's all driven by fear. Yeah, and they have they have a chart online you can look at, like a like a graph mm-hmm. with like data on it. Yeah, and it's like you can see the numbers of cases and mm-hmm. deaths, like. Wow, I yeah. don't. I don't want to sit and, w- and look at that. Like, no, and some people don't, and just will make the numbers up. Yeah, like you know, six thousand people died today, and they were all seventeen. It's like, man, you just made that up, man. <laughs> and now a bunch of people share that. On share Facebook. it. Yep. Everybody. That's leave. what we're in, living in. So a zombie apocalypse would be nuts. I would have to immediately, as soon as I get the first whiff of zombie apocalypse, I have to go to Montana and regroup from there. Yeah. I have to get away from just Why Montana, just somewhere that's less populated okay. than where we are right now. Because right where we are right now. This fucked us. Yeah. You know, it's the grocery stores, limited food at the grocery stores. You know, people just congested and panicking and all this kind of... I need the first thing, we need to go somewhere less populated, and then we have to do a whole regroup from there. Yeah. That's what this exposed to me. Yeah. People are putting notes on their doors like... Don't come No visitors. (laughs) Do not knock. Yeah. You you have a package? You can ring the door. Uh Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Grubhub and and, um, um, Uber Eats, they just dropped the package off at the door now. Wow. They're just like, we'll still bring you food, but it'll be out here. We'll send you a text. Like, yeah. Yo, your food is on the porch. I put wow. it behind the I put it behind the flower box and so nobody steals yeah, people it. People not touching, like I'm not touching the mail. Hold it at the post office, I'll come get it in three months. It's like, I don't, I don't <laughs> get shit. <laughs> Whatever. I still get paid either way you yeah, take yeah, it or not. So. I don't get paid by the mail. Wow. Yeah, man, it's crazy times, man. But uh within this, we will still, you know, during these quarantine files, we're still gonna be out here potting. The best we can until Fran, Fran, ever you, if you ever get that decision of like, oh man, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, put the floor, the the boards up against the door. We are gonna lock it down for two weeks. We either find a way to do some kind of some kind of telecommunication, or me and Sierra will hold it down until this whole thing blows over, you know. But Fran was brave enough to come out of his house. And he actually came from straight from work, right? Not well. Okay. I just didn't change. Yeah. Either way, you yeah. came here, you know. So you you can you know we're 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 not going anywhere crazy. I know we're supposed to stay in the house, but we're not going anywhere crazy. Frank came to my house. Yeah. You gonna go home? That's about it. You know. I'm not gotta... around like groups of people though. It's yeah. Like... Exactly. I, this was, that's what I mean, man. I was born for this, man. I don't want to go. I don't want to see none of y'all anyway. <laughs> Before this and after it too, I still don't want to see you. Yeah. The memes right now are like people going, "Me, the first day this is over with, running out of the house." gonna still be in the house yeah. i don't want to see any of you regardless of what's going on outside <laughs> i don't care i'm gonna be in the house <laughs> and that's how we should all live for the next two weeks yeah just don't give a don't care who cares if you can't go to the club now sway lee did drop a fire record and i wish i could hear it out in public because i'm sure it would slap but i don't care though oh he just new record i didn't know yeah that. it's called someone said and it's fire hmm. You know, I don't know if I've made it known. I love Sway Lee. I think he's, he's the voice of an angel and he makes slappers. He's really his ear for melodies. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Fran, thank you for telling that affirmative murder. That was nuts. Also, the um, Vic, you know, the absolute slaughter of, you know, inner city women sex workers in this country and men sex workers. There's a, there's a documentary called uh, Check It that mm-hmm. I watch. It's about D.C. area uh, gay sex workers mm-hmm. and how they just... Had to, they created like a gay gang. Like they're the first gay gang. They fuck people up, man. They like fight people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They fuck people up, man. Mm. There's no fair ones. They will jump you. But a lot of them are sex workers and they get raped and all kind of stuff because it's just they're out on the streets. and. Is it women? 
No, it's boys. It's guys. Yeah, it's they boys. Well, they, they they will do like drag. It's a documentary. Yeah, I'll do they show like, the fights? I mean, no, no. Oh. They, they 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 show the people who are in the gangs who are the most active mm-hmm. and who will fight and show them popping off. And I believe them when they're like, "I'll go smack that bitch right now." Oh wow! And you go okay, well, you know, and they'll fight a girl or a guy. They don't give a shit. They'll fight anybody. It's to cut you, it's crazy. Check it. Uh, it's a great documentary. It's insane. I love it, and it's it's interesting because you're it's DC, so you hear the. It's not a Baltimore accent, but it's kind of close, except for a couple words. So you kind of feel like home. Hmm. Also, before we leave, uh, Frank, can you uh, say brewery for me. Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people said that they think that would be hilarious to see some, hear somebody from Baltimore say. Yeah. Bre- brewery. Yeah, brewery. It is a hard one. Mm-hmm. It's. It's two two W's in it, and yeah. that brew is where our accent comes in mm-hmm. with the U and U and all that stuff. So brew brewery 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 makes me feel weird. I don't like saying that word. I don't. I I don't even. It's not a word I even use. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to worry about sounding silly because I won't ever <laughs> use the word brewery brewery brewer brewery. What is the right way to say it? Brewery brewer brewer brewery nah. Yeah, fuck that word. <laughs> a beer place. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back, Fran. As I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, I wanted to do something a little different this week. There's been a lot of uh, Asian, American, and Asian, just international. Seems like there's a rise in hate crimes because of the coronavirus and people just wanting people of Asian background to stay away from them, even yeah. if they aren't, have never been to China ever in their life. They're just purely looking at them and yeah. saying, you probably are more likely to have coronavirus. Yeah. So um, my affirmative murder this week is not a murder in per, per se. It is uh, the story of the Japanese internment camps during World War II, okay. where Asian American citizens, because we were going to war with Japan, Japan, Japanese American citizens were just rounded up because they thought they might be spies mm. and put into camps. J- Japanese and American or Jap- Japanese American, like Jap- citizens of oh, okay, the United gotcha. States who are Japanese, of Japanese yeah, okay. ancestry. Gotcha. It was like, yeah, you, he's probably a spy. So just round them all up. Wow. Yeah. Crazy times. I don't really hear much about it um, often, but it was, it happened, man. Wasn't as bad as like Nazi internment camps, but they held people against their will. Took rounded them up off the streets. Yeah. Okay, so actually my uh, my source was allthisinteresting.com. It was an article written by Richard Stockton, and here we go. <clears throat> so the Japanese-American internment camps serve as a stark reminder of what angry, frightened Americans are capable of. We're seeing a lot of that right now as well. In 1941, more than 100,000 people of Japanese ancestry, two-thirds of whom were natural-born citizens of the United States, lived and worked in West, in the West Coast states. In July of that year, the U.S. government imposed sanctions on the on the Empire of Japan aimed at breaking its war machine. And before I continue, I just really wanted to state, and it'll, it'll be reiterated in, my, in the story, but it's really interesting to me that the American dream for people who don't look a certain kind of way is just that it's a dream. It can You can attain it, you can have it, you can be in the middle of it. And you can just be shaken awake from it immediately. Mm. You know, we saw that with nine after 9-11, you know, people of Middle Eastern descent, Indian, whatever, own convenience stores or whatever, just saw an uptick, you know, living your life, just a regular citizen. Yeah. You just saw an uptick in hate and aggression yeah. and all these kind of things. 
you know, you saw when the, the slaves were free and a lot of them moved to Tuskegee and they started Black Wall Street and just were living their life. And it's like, well, and prospering and own businesses and living life and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, not here. You know, it can just it can just be snatched away from you. Yeah. These Japanese American people living in California, living in Utah, living in wherever, have created a life for themselves, born here. And it's like, as soon as the fear comes and it's a fear of something that you are even kind of associated with through genetics, it's like, oh, you look like that, so you're not American anymore. Yeah. You don't get to get treated like an American anymore. And yeah. that's gonna be like that forever. Just like with yeah. the middle like Bin Laden looking yeah. people, yeah. they just Yeah. Yeah. It's sad though. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Uh, it was strongly suspected that this, uh, these sanctions would eventually trigger a war with Japan. So when on September twenty fourth, a Japanese cable, a Japanese cable was intercepted that suggested a sneak attack was being planned. The Roosevelt administration took it very seriously. One of Roosevelt's first acts was to commission Detroit-based businessman Curtis Munson to investigate the loyalty of America's Japanese population. So he sent the dude around to kind of just do a survey on mm -hmm. wh where Japanese Americans heads are at. Like, do they seem like spies? And the Munson report, as it became known, was assembled in record time. Munson delivered his his draft copy on October 7th. And the final rev the final version was on Roosevelt's desk a month later on November 7th. The report's findings were unequivocal. No threat of armed insurrection or other sabotage among overwhelmingly loyal Japanese American population existed. So this Munson, this Munson report was like, no, nah, man, they're chilling. Like, I didn't see anything that said they're a threat or anything. They're just living. They're just Americans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Many of them had never even been to Japan. So they just it's just a thing in front of them. Like well, I'm African American. I've never been to Africa. Yeah. You know, it was like that. It's like I'm I'm my ethnicity, but I'm it, you created that tag for me. You can yeah. just call me American if you want, but if you want to call me Japanese American, I've never been to Japan. So don't hold that against me in the time of some kind of uh tension with that country. Mm -hmm. If 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 America went to war with some country in Africa and then all black black people have been through enough in this country. I don't even I was like there's we were brought here on ships, so that that's the thing that happened to black people. Yeah. Where you know, but if that happened, if something happened where you know, there's all kind of terrorist organizations and stuff in in countries in Africa. I can't think of the name right now. But if if that became a big, I think Boko Haram. I could be wrong. But if that became a big thing and a, a target towards America, and they started rounding the black people that they thought might be African, fucking, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, sleeper cells. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be incredibly fucked up because it's like I'm never even, I'm not even from there. Yeah, that's just something. That's just a title you gave me, African American. So that's the same thing with Japanese Americans. It's like they had to prove their loyalty and take this weird survey to see where they where their allegiance lies. And it's like I was born here. Mm. I'm 26 and I've lived here my whole life. What are you What are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. So many of them had never even been to Japan and not, and. A few of the younger ones didn't even speak Japanese. Even among the older Japan-born uh, immigrants, opinions and sentiment were strongly pro-American, and were not likely to waver in the event of a war with their with their mother country. Does this all said this in the report? Taken in isolation, the Munson report strikes a struck a struck a, a hopeful note about Americans' ability to set aside differences of race 
and national origin and build healthy communities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. see yeah, how how's that going right now? <laughs> how's that going right now in the middle of a health crisis? We're talking about still talking about the border wall. You know, it's like those things, if anything, they're heightened in times yeah. like this. It's like, oh, well, we, we got to get those people out of here. Yeah. It's, it's no coming together, you know, but this guy seemed like he seemed hopeful that that was a possibility. Uh, unfortunately, the Munson report was not taken in isolation. By the end of November, thousands of law abiding Japanese Americans had secretly been designated high risk and were quietly arrested. These unlucky people would have would have to hear about America's day of infamy from inside their jail cells and worse was yet to come. Mm. Immediately after December after the, the December 7th attack on Pearl Harbor, Americans were angry and looking so they were already dealing with this this um this aggression and this um singling out yeah. and then Pearl Har- Harbor happened. Yeah. And people were already being rounded up so it's like that was double downtime. Where like, see this is what we feared this whole time. Put them all in camps. Yeah. And so that didn't help. Uh, Americans were angry and looking for a way to deal with the blow. Ambitious politicians were happy to oblige and played to their to their worst instincts uh, of the fragile public. Then Attorney General and later California Governor Earl Warren, the man who would later drive the Supreme Court to adopt groundbreaking anti-segregation rules, wholeheartedly supported the removal of eth- of ethnic Japanese in California. So this guy went on to do some pretty groundbreaking things as far as breaking down the walls of segregation. Mm -hmm. And that is why, you know, I'm not here to, you know, stand for Joe Biden and and all that stuff. But people's political records can't be taken set in stone because people change over time. Yeah. You know, you could have opposed gay marriage in 2002. But if you voted for it in 2013, should that vote in 2002 still be held against you now in 2020? You know what I mean? Mm. And that's up to people. That's the whole, that's the great thing about democracy. You can vote for whatever you want. But I just, I don't know. Like, I, as a person who, I tweeted very differently in 2009 than I do now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people do. Everybody oh, does. everybody. <laughs> oh, man. If they went, oh, man. Delete your, uh, delete your old tweets, everybody. Yeah. Because 2009 was crazy on Twitter. But everybody's, you know, you know, super, you know, conscious and, 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 and forthright for the most part on Twitter these days. But those same people used to talk reckless on Twitter. Yeah. And I was one of those same people. So I don't think that should be held against me now in 2020. But that's the court of Comes public up. that's the court of public opinion, you know what I mean? Some people gonna find them, dig them up. It is what it is, man. But that's the court of public opinion. And that's what I don't like about it. Yeah. It's cause you you can't hold people to things from fifteen years ago. It just But they will. They will. <clears throat> But you got to put the context around it that it was 15 years ago. Yeah. You got to put that. You can't just say this is who they are now. When You know what I mean? Anyway. So this politician named uh, Earl Warren was very instrumental in getting these state laws passed or the state act passed in California to basically lock up all Japanese American pe- uh, people. Damn. But then he went on to do some better things. He redeemed himself slightly. I don't know. Uh, although removal was a although the removal was a federal policy, Warren's support paved the way for its smooth execution in his state. Even in 1943, when fear of Japanese uh, Japanese army activities had become completely unjustifiable, Warren still supported intermittent. I'm sorry, still supported internment enough to tell a group of fellow lawyers, <clears throat> if the Japs are released. No one will be able to tell a saboteur from any other Jap. 
We don't want to have a second Pearl Harbor in California. We don't propose to have the Japs back in California during this war if there is any lawful means of preventing it. Was it a Trump? No, <laughs> no. This is, uh, this is Warren, Earl Warren. The Japs. The Japs, please. man. Earl Warren, man. Uh, that was him on his soapbox saying, we got to get them out of here, man. We don't know We don't know if they're our allies or our enemies. We, they can't be trusted. Get racial nicknames. Even, oh, yeah. Even though they lived here, even though they were born here, pay taxes here, lived here their whole life, the first sign of trouble, your Americanness is stripped from you. Yeah. And that's a privilege that some people have. to. The, you can never strip me of being an American. Some people fully believe that, and it's backed by the fact that they look a certain way, and they never have to worry about it being that way. Yeah. But some people have been citizens here longer than there are people who feel that way have been alive. Yeah. There are people in this country who are 23, gung-ho, America, never have thought about not feeling that way, and somebody who's been in this country for 60 years as a citizen. Even if they weren't at a point, they did a citizenship, came over the legal way. They feel less of a, they feel like less of a citizen than a 20 year old person. That's crazy. That's, that's insane to me that you never fully feel like you're enough to be here. Cause you wasn't born here. Even if you were born here, you don't look like Johnny Apple pie. So you're never fully American. You'll yeah. never be that, you know? Yeah. That's really, that's really fucked up. That's how it is now. That's why I did this. That's why I wanted to do this. Yeah. It's just so many parallels. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, to 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 see a person with Asian features on a train go off of a thing that you saw on the news and then decide that you're going to spray them with Lysol or hit them or, you know, do a weird Asian voice at them. I've seen some really despicable things from people, man, and, and stories from Asian people saying, I'm not even I'm, I'm not even Chinese. Yeah. You know, so it's just wild time. That's why I wanted to just. I don't do even it. know Chinese. I've never been to China. Yeah. <laughs> I Maybe I am Chinese. I've never been. Yeah. I've never been. I've never been. Don't speak Mandarin. Don't. I don't know. Why are you? You are just as likely to have it as I am. I've, I've, I haven't been out of the country in the last two weeks. Yeah. Why am I more? Why are you attacking me? So it's just, I don't know. That's why I wanted to do this. Uh, Warren wasn't alone in his in his sentiments. Assistant War Secretary John McCloy and others in the Army Command prevailed in persuading President Roosevelt to sign Executive Order 9066 on February 19, 1942. This order, which the Supreme Court later found to be be constitutional, established an exclusion zone that started on the coast and covered the western halves of of Washington and Oregon, all of California to the Nevada border, Nevada border and the southern half of Arizona. Mm. And along all this territory, they had about 10 camps. Damn. The American government also froze the assets of anyone connected to Japan. Wow. So you can't even access your money now. These actions violated people's rights to their pro- to their property, invaded people's privacy, and resulted in the arrest of 1,212 innocent Japanese immigrants. And this was just the initial roundup. So these were people. These were immigrants. They wasn't. They were Japanese immigrants. Americans. They th- mixed in. It was. A, it was. Okay. S- some were. Some weren't. But a lot of them were business owners and had jobs and all this kind of stuff. And they just froze their assets, forcing them to have to sell their homes, yeah. sell their business for whatever they could. You know. So a lot of people made out like gangbusters in that, where they got a business 
for fucking nothing because they just had to liquidate whatever they could to try to make a way, yeah. try to get out of town or whatever. And they couldn't even really get out of town. Just do something so that their business doesn't just sit there and close because they can't operate it. Yeah. They had to sell it to make whatever they could. People got houses for nothing, businesses for nothing. It's crazy. That's fucked up, man. They come over here and work, work their ass off to get that. And you got essentially just give it away. That's yeah. That's fucked up, man. Irreplaceable family heirlooms, and this this is going. I'm gonna try not to go on another tangent, but if I do, it is what it is. I don't care. It, you ain't got nothing. You ain't doing nothing right now. You're not at work. Turn the mic up and listen. I mean, turn you know whatever. Irreplaceable family heirlooms were confiscated, never to be returned. Potentially dangerous items and objects with a special connection to Japan were labeled contraband. Possession of contraband was illegal because it showed allegiance to the enemy. Anyone caught holding on to their precious family keepsakes was arrested. Now, the thing that I'm about to go down on is this cultural cultural appropriation topic where people, you know, white people, whatever, feel like Indian headdresses, kimonos, whatever. They're like, why is it racist if I dress up like this to go to this rave? And it's like, because a lot of those same things, box braids, Indian headdresses, Indian whatever, stereotypically Indian clothes, Japanese garments, Chinese garments or whatever. At a point in this country, if you wore those things, you were singled out and attacked. Yeah. And so for you to now put it on as some kind of party favor thing, and it's all good for you to wear it, but when Japanese people were going through these internment camp times, if they had any kind of, you know, ancestral items, they were called treasonous for having them. And so it made, in the, you know what that creates in your your bloodline of like, well, let's just keep this, let's not have this stuff on display. Mm-hmm. So now you have a shame in your culture. Yeah. And then some fucking 18-year-old girl is going to fucking the electric carnival dressed like a geisha. And it's all fun and games for her. But you are ashamed of your, you're like, you're, you're super private about your culture because yeah. you don't want to feel like you're being judged. That's where it comes from. How many indigenous people were murdered in this country and and tried to were assimilated and made to feel ashamed and lost their cultural history and forgotten about it and have their fucking ancestors bodies on display at museums mm-hmm. and you want to put on an Indian headdress and have your cheeks out at Coachella? Come on, man, that's gross. Yeah. Now I'm not here. I'm not the costume police, but that's why people get upset about it. I'm, that's that's what it is. It's not just you can't do that because you're not that. There's a history to everything. Yeah. I just don't like when people make you out to be like, well, when I see it, like they make you out to be crazy. Like, why are you, why are you being that way? Yeah. It's like, there's a whole history <laughs> that you're unaware of. And that's where that anger comes from. It's not just, you can't do that. We don't want you doing that. Yeah. Cause you don't look like this. It's a, a whole, it's a, whole, it's a joke, man. Nothing's taken serious, man. But that same American ideology is why there's so fucking 6,000 kids down in Florida shaking their ass and, and at the beach yeah you know what i mean americans americans at at our core are very self-centered so the only culture that we appreciate is is american culture anything else is inferior and weird and yeah. all this kind of stuff they're talking about these chinese people getting getting the flu from eating bats or whatever thing they're saying bats yeah that's what they're saying and so they're talking about what the, what chinese people eat and i'm not saying that eating crazy things is cool but go down to the Everglades in Florida and see a fucking spit roasting a whole gator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything, pe- poor people do what they got to do to survive. Don't put a culture on it. 
poor people from anywhere, whatever they can, whatever they can eat, they're gonna eat. Yeah, it's where chitlins came from. It's where pig feet came from. These are these are slave meals, man. Yeah. People had to do what they got to do to survive. I, you know, I promise you, the rich Chinese people are eating better food than that. You know, rich people from wherever they're eating better than that. P- poor people got to do what they got to do to survive, man. Yeah. Don't put a don't put that kind of stigma on shit, man. Anyway, you know the funny's coming at some point, I'm sure. But this is <laughs> this shit just pissed me off, man. Seeing people act that way towards Asian people yeah. in 2020, man, like that shit is just disgusting to me. You know what I mean? Especially as a as a as a black person in this country who's experienced, you know, you get on the elevator, you see somebody turn their shoulder a little bit from you, you see somebody walk a little bit faster when you walk behind them going to the store, and I'm just going to the store, I got my AirPods in, I'm listening to Sway Lee, enjoying yeah. my day, and somebody has become uncomfortable by my mere presence around them. Yeah. Because they think I'm gonna do something to them. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I want that day to come, somebody try me and spray some lights all on me. You know what I mean? Put your hands on me. But I feel like in the Asian culture, they're a little more timid. They don't want to cause a scene. So they'll let you just disrespect them like that publicly just to like, I'm not trying to, I don't even want a confrontation. And so these people get away with doing crazy shit to people, yeah. man. Well, also they turn into like a a 501 fight. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's just. And they're going to blame it on you. And then you started it. And it's like. Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's, 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 a, it's an unfair fight. For sure. So anyway, back to the story. Targets included first-generation immigrants and Japanese-American citizens. Farmers, teachers, business owners, doctors, bankers, and various other productive members of society. These freezes on their accounts, forci- these freezes on their accounts, forcible seizures of property, and undeserved arrests were only the beginning of injustices experienced by loyal Japanese-Americans. Civilians who hindered the evacuations, uh say by hiding a Japanese friend or lying about their whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Very similar to Nazi Germany in that aspect. Like, you know, you you were punished for trying to help. So if you did any of those things, if you tried to hide your friend or lied about where they were, you were subject to fines and imprison and imprisonment. By the spring of nineteen forty two, the evacuations of quote enemy aliens were underway across the exclusion zone, which is, you know, like the Utah and Arizona and mm-hmm. California to the Nevada, that whole thing. Well, the camps were? Yes. When Katsuma Mukaida, a young man who resided in Southern California until he was until he was rounded up in one of the first group raids and his friend were arrested, they had they had to be taken to local jails because there was no place to house them. As the number of of the as the number of internees increased, space became scarce and the authorities began thinking about solutions to the logistical challenges of housing over 100,000 people. Mm. So they had these people all cram- crammed up, nowhere to put them, no beds. It was just, it was just a mess. They just they got the people first and thought about the logistics after and yeah. it, it was a whole mess. The answer to these space issues, which only took a few months to put together, was to build a network of 10 concentra- concentration camps for the Japanese. These were usually situated in very remote very harsh locations such as California's Manzanar camp, which sat in the banking, which sat in the baking desert of, of Inyo country or the Topaz center where Mariel Sukamoto's family was sent along with future actor, Jack Sue of Barney Miller fame. I don't know who that is, but his family was in a, in a camp. 
as as well as himself. Yeah. Uh, which which squatted on an empty desert flat in Milland in Millard County, Florida, um, Millard County, Utah. Camp planners had intended these facilities to be self-supporting. Many Japanese Americans at the time worked in landscaping and agriculture, and planners expected the camp facilities would grow enough of their own food to operate independently. So they thought they were going to round all these people up and have them grow their food. Grow food with all those people. Grow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got this. But they put them in shitty land. They had them in deserts and yeah. just like uninhabited land. And so, as that as to be as to be expected, uh, that was not the case. The average camp held between eight thousand and eighteen thousand people, and sat on almost completely unproductive land, which made attempts at large scale agriculture futile. Also, living in close quarters and sharing so much, on top of the terrible housing conditions, gave an easy rise to sicknesses. Proper medical care was rarely accessible. Numerous people died or experienced great suffering for the lack of necessary medical treatment. The physical and emotional trauma from the internment became a permanent part of the people's lives. So it was hell. You know, you, you put people in a completely, inc- it's, it's almost like um, fire fest, but you can't leave. Like, at, like it, you're, at, you're at fire fest indefinitely. What is fire fest like? Uh, you didn't see the documentary? That no. was Ja Rule's music festival. And they had all these rich kids go to the Bahamas and they thought they were going to be in fucking cabanas and there was going to be models there. And when they got there, it was just like a cheese sandwich and a FEMA tent and no music. This was Ja Rule's thing? Yeah, he was a part of it. But the whole thing, the whole thing fell apart, but they got the people there first and worried about the concert later. So when they got there, they thought they were going to be able to, they thought it was easy to do a, basically they thought... That's why I'm doing the parallel. This is obviously more serious. But basically, they were like, let's throw a music festival. We're going to get it super popular. We're going to get all the most famous people, Kendall Jenner, and all these people to tweet about it. And we're going to sell all the tickets. They sold all the tickets, got all the people there. But then three months before the festival was supposed to start, they realized, oh, we don't have stages, acts. Wow. None of the people that we said were going to be there are going to be there. We don't have tents. We don't have enough space. We don't have plumbing for toilets. All of those things, the infrastructure of the whole thing was trash. So the people showed up on their flights, and now you got 10,000 people on a small island with no toilets and no food, and now they're scrambling giving people white bread with cheese slices on it. This is a documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it really happened. There was one on Hulu, and there's one on Netflix. Oh, I, gotta watch I didn't that. see the one on Hulu yet, but like I said, there's plenty of time now. I can't go anywhere, so I'll probably watch the Hulu documentary at some point. It's too, why is it too different? Uh, pff, I think one, the dude who did it got paid for, and the other one... It was just oh. like not about that guy, but one of them, the guy who did it, was more involved. Hmm. Either way, uh, the Japanese internment camps are the fire fest of internment camps. I don't hmm. know. It, 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 they, they thought they had it. They thought it was going to be easier to set up than it actually yeah. was, and it wasn't at all. How do you think rounding up a whole bunch of people is going to? You could just figure it out. On the way. I don't know. The confidence of people really baffles me. I've, I've seen some people say some shit really confidently that I knew wasn't going to work. Yeah. Like Chris Paul and James Harden and Houston Rockets. Boom. Burn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it wasn't always a smooth transition. Though the prisoners usually arrived at their camps as families, lending an element of stability that they were lacking, it was inevitable that some inmates would fight back against the camp authorities. 
The camp at Tool Lake, located on California's remote Lassen lava beds, and the camp that housed George Takei's, you know George Takei? Mm. Well, you probably, you shouldn't. He he was on Star Trek, but like the original, like the Star Trek from the 70s. Boy guy? No, he's the Asian guy. Oh. No. Yeah, he's 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 Gaysian. He's Gaysian. He's fabulous. Little small, little Asian guy. And yeah. I think he was on Hollywood Squares. I probably know two people from Star Trek. Speaking so. of William Shatner. That's the boy guy. No, no, no. That's the new Star Trek. You're talking about, you're talking about Professor Xavier. Mm. You're talking about William Shatner. He talks like this. He was in the uh, he was in one of those travel commercials. Mm. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You shouldn't know who he is. But he was famous at a point. Still kind of famous now. George Takei. His family was in an internment camp mm. in Los Angeles. Uh, they were sent to this disciplinary camp uh, because they refused to swear. Uh, they they had they had them taking like oaths. Like, they had them take oaths at the camp. Like, swear their allegiance to America. Basically, like, a pledge of allegiance, but well, specifically for them. And it's like, I, I, I'm, I was born here. I was about to say that. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> you look you look like them. Wow. You look like the Pearl Harbor people. So, Did not ask for, like, documentation? Or what year was You it? can have that. You can have a birth certificate. Like, I don't care. Look at your face. This is the... Your face is the problem. If you can change your face, then we can let you go. But you can't. So we don't trust you. And you have to prove that you're American. Even if you were born here. Uh, it was at this camp that Ben Takashita's older brother started organizing other inmates to make demands on camp personnel. His activities coming as they did from a man already suspected of uh, subversion would not be tolerated. Eventually, camp guards had had enough of his insubordinates. According to Ben, one day a squad of military police came to take his brother away. They drove him out into the wilderness under guard where according to Ben, they got to a point where they said, okay, we're going to take you out. And it was obvious that he was going to be for, he was going before a firing squad with MPs ready with rifles. He was asked if he wanted a cigarette. He said, no, you want to buy, you want a blindfold? No. They said, stand up here. And they went as far as saying, ready, aim, fire and pulling the trigger. But the rifles had no bullets in them. It was just a click. Terror tactics. Yeah, it was. That's the. That was the point. Oh. That was the purpose of it. Jesus. Terror tactics like this brought many of the agitators in the camps under control, but there was definitely a line that camp guards had to observe. That line was crossed at Topaz on March, in March of 1943, when a guard shot a 63-year-old chef named James Wakasa for walking too close to the perimeter fence. So everything's that is really tense. They're doing weird shit like threatening to kill you to the extreme. Going that far is nuts. That's an insane thing to do to somebody. Yeah. But they actually shot somebody for getting too close to the, you know, the imaginary line of mm. where you can't cross. Mm. And they killed a 63-year-old man. Mm. One month after that, another guard fired a warning shot at a couple walking near the fence. These incidents horrified the inmates who immediately went on strike because they had them making shit in the camps. Like, you know army stuff because it was war times mm-hmm. and they would pay them little bullshit amount of money to, to 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 pay they would pay them money to buy supplies to be in an in an internment camp yeah so they they spent money on water and food and things like that um and worked for nothing yeah when somebody there's guys there that are like i'm a physician i make great money what is that you know what I mean? people had to really come to terms with that did they do they have like a picture how do you have like photos of this? I oh, have tons of photos, man. They got a picture of what the t- the tents, the camps look yeah, like. Yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, I read a children's story. Is about, it just like, is it just like a like a circus tent or like no, it's a, not a circus tent? No, it's like can't like tents, like a tent, like a like like a uh, like, like barracks camping like, tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many some people, bigger ones, ones that have like sticks, so it makes like the little army kind of tent, like with you know it's a little taller, like you can stand up in it. But yeah, it was little little. It was tense. And you had to stay sleeping at. Yeah, you had to stay. You had to stay there. You were at a camp. Yeah, you could not leave. Indefinitely. Man, I'm like, hey, man, let's just team up. Fuck and what, it. jump them? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they didn't think of that. <laughs> uh, so all these incidents kind of got things to really high, tense situation. And the higher-ups must have seemed to have realized the error in their ways, and they decided to make some changes at, as to how the camps were run. Hmm. Those changes mostly involved uh, a demilitarization and loosening of control over the camps. This dropping of the guard created a bizarre disconnect between the illusion of liberty and the real confinement the inmates still had to deal with. So basically, they were still prisoners, but it was mental at that point because there was no more armed guards standing places. Mm -hmm. But they had been so broken and beaten down and been there so long that the guards didn't need to really be there because they would just not cross the lines just out of fear. Exactly. Wow. So they had already been so beaten down that the incident of a man being shot and fire, warning shots being shot at somebody, they weren't going to, once they took the guards away, they didn't do any, they they still stayed. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Imagine somebody takes you out into the woods fucking and 50 people say they're going to shoot you and they go as far as to like offer you your last request yeah. and then count down and then they all click their, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm chilling. When I go back, don't ask me to try to steal some apples. Don't ask me to try to escape. I'm going to work in the morning. I don't even know how you even forget that moment. Like You don't? I'm sure you don't. I'm sure that person probably lived in fear for the rest of his life. Had nightmares about that. That's a yeah. crazy thing to have to go through. Yeah. Think you're about to die. And you get a countdown to your, di- your death, and then you don't. And they're like, ha, 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 you were scared. <laughs> Shit's crazy, man. Just cuss them all out. Like, fuck y'all. I mean... I don't care. Yeah, I got to. I got to the point where I thought I was about to seconds from dying. Yeah, I'm cussing y'all out. <laughs> uh, though armed guards were removed and children were allowed to go on field trips outside of the wires, and some men in the camps were allowed to work in nearby towns, nobody was really free to go. Like the slaves of the American South, Japanese internees were trapped by more than a fence. There was no city or town where they could move in with family or find work. The war was still on, and though many of the camp inmates had sons fighting for freedom, there were kids who signed up who were in internment camps who signed up to go to war to prove their loyalty to their country mm. and still came back and were treated like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they thought that would get them like, oh, man, if I put a strap up and put a gun on, I fight for America against the Japanese. They have to get that I'm on their side. Wrong. Very wrong. Um, No American law protected their right to earn a living in Chicago or Detroit, which is the Midwest, Mm. which is right past where they were confined to. So they, even if they managed to get away and move to the Midwest, Mm. there was no law uh, protecting them from... You know, not being able to get a job, not being able to get a house. Like, they had no status. Yeah. They were just in limbo. So they really couldn't leave because they had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. 
they were ultimately trapped by by reality itself and could only wait until the government said they could go back to the towns they had been forced out of in 1942 with nothing there anymore. Mm. By the end of the war, the camps were more like dormitories than prisons. The people inside them had nothing outside the wire, and it was necessary to house them until some kind of life could be uh, salvaged back in the world. When it was announced that all U.S. citizens were going to be discharged straight back into society with no money, prospects, or other support, people panicked. 4,724 Japanese Americans were permanently relocated to Japan. The majority were U.S. citizens or resident aliens. They sent them back. They sent some. Well, of them, they sent they them. Sent some of them to. Well, they sent some of them to Japan. See, Very some of them got sent back, but some of them got never sent. and never was have been. None of them. Wait, not no. all of them, but four thousand seven hundred twenty-four Japanese Americans who either had their citizenship and had been in the country for a long time, or were just straight up born here, were sent to Japan, not back. They they were American citizens, but the ones that got the the ones that got their citizenship, they were sent, some of them were sent back. Yeah, that's what I said. I just said that. You didn't really say anything. You were like some. Of I them said they the, got sent. I said they got sent back. Well, not back. because some of them had never been. But I was all right. Okay, they got sent to Japan. Some right, of them got go sent to Japan. I, that's what I I wasn't sent all of them. I'm just saying they meaning yeah. The some of them partial had, of some them, of them who yeah. were uh, immigrants were sent back. Yeah, but some of them were just born here and got just sent got back. sent yeah. to Japan. Yeah. Never. Don't speak Japanese, just dropped off. Which we've experienced in the last few years here with a lot of Mexican kids who are like, I've, I've never been to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I don't even speak Spanish. Yeah. What do you mean? Send me where? You know, so that invokes imagery to me of like a kid just being dropped off on the other side of the border, like, oh, figure it out, man. I don't know. And that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly all of the expatriated citizens were 20 years old or younger. Of the 4,724 I just described. Teachers in the internment camps had thought had taught them how to read and write Japanese and to be proud of their heritage so they'd have an easier time assimilating. Was this one of the prisoners? Like teachers, teacher? like just teachers. There was many. I mean, there's over 100,000 people. There was, some, there was a lot of teachers there. And they would teach the kids Japanese and stuff. I mean... To- were the teachers one of the prisoners, or they was just yeah yeah, yeah. they were okay, prisoners, that's what I mean. but like they okay. were teachers before they got <laughs> snapped out right, of the schools. I mean. And I'm saying, they, I, I was asking them because I'm like, why do they have? Why do they hire teachers to come in? And no, it's like I so, guess technically they weren't a teacher; they were like a hat maker or something. Yeah. Whatever job they got given there, but it's like once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. I'll teach these kids Japanese, man. Let's let's yeah. we're in this time where we're being made to feel like such shit for being Japanese. Let's appreciate our culture. Teach the kids Japanese. Teach them the history of Japan. Let's really. Let's not be ashamed of ourselves while we're in this fucking shameful situation. Mm. You know, I think that was the the, the mentality of, about it. Uh, yeah, so they were transported directly from the internment camps to ships and then overseas to their new homeland of Japan. Wow. More than twenty thousand Japanese Americans requested requested to expa- to um, expatriate to go back. So more than twenty thousand of them asked to go back between nineteen forty one and nineteen forty five because they didn't have anything. Yeah. They didn't have their business, money, a job, respect in the outside of their own community. Or these people are terrible and I just want to go back. Exactly. So 20,000 of them were like, look, man, you can just send up. We volunteer. Yeah. Uh, the longer that internment continued, the more requests were filed. Asking to leave the U.S. was a form of nonviolent protest. Those who requested expatriation weren't forced to follow through 
once internment was over, though. However, we'll never know what the thousands of relocated, the thousands who relocated to Japan might have contributed to American society had they remained. Courts later ruled that these renunciations were later ruled by the court to have been made under duress and so could be reversed at the at the former inmates request. Mm. So later on down the line, it got ruled that, you know, even though they expatriated, they were doing that forcefully. Mm. And so if you want your citizen back, you can come and get it is that was the ruling that was made. Recently released inmates had nothing to fall back on. Their homes were gone, their businesses were sold for whatever they could get at the time, and they usually didn't have much money. George Takei's family returned to Los Angeles and went straight to Skid Row, where his father struggled to pick up the pieces of their lives. In time, between intact families and a strong sense of community and the value of work, most displaced Japanese Americans recovered from their ordeal, even if their sense of security never returned. So they, you know, they kind of just stuck with each other helped each other out and were able to build back up a community, yeah. but they still never really felt like this was their country. Yeah. Cause that happened to them, you know? Um, in 1980 Congress opened, and this is just, I gotta be honest, like this is the selfish, uh, in me, but I understand because there were people in night. I'm going to get to what I'm saying, but there were people who survived, being in those internment camps in 1980, mm-hmm. right? So just keep that in mind when I go to say what I'm about to say. So in 1980, Congress opened an investigation into the military necess- into the military necessities and fundamental justice of internment. Three years later, the committee issued a report that acknowledged the responsibility of the government for the wrongs of the camps and recommended reparations for the surviving victims. In 1988, President Ronald Reagan signed legislation authorizing $1.2 billion in in reparations, which was amended in 1992 with an additional $400 million for the survivors. Perhaps more importantly, and almost certainly of more satisfaction to the former internees, in 2001, Congress took action to establish the 10 camp locations as historical landmarks and preserve them as a warning of what frightened, angry people are capable of doing even and especially in America. Mm. So they were given reparations for what that ordeal that they that took place to them over that kind of decade period. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason black people will never get reparations, there's a lot of talk about that on Twitter and stuff, and just that's kind of people like Umar Johnson and stuff, that's always the black people deserve reparations. And the argument will always be it's like none of us were there. Yeah. Even if the the you know the traumas passed down there's still you can still feel the effects of that within you know poor black families you can still feel that huge 100 200 300 years of not working not building equity and there's just nothing there mm. none of us were slaves yeah but these people were there's a, a 60, there was a 65, 70-year-old person in 1980 who was at a Japanese internment camp. Yeah. So there was somebody to give them money to as a sorry. So that's why I don't think black people ever get reparations in this country. Because yeah. that's always the the um, the um counter to fall back on. It's like, well, were you a slave? Yeah. You know. Or, which, you know, um, so. well, you have Black History Month. That's a crazy response. Have you heard that as a response to no, like, I'm saying what, we gave you something. We should, I guess we should have said no to Black History Month, huh? So, man, cut the check, man. Yeah. But it has to be February, which is the shortest month of the year. Let's not, let's not, don't get any conspiracy. Sorry. Back, man. Um, 
but that's the end of it. What does it look like? What's the the landmarks look like? I don't have them up on my phone, oh, but okay. I mean, you can if you look up if you just type in Japanese internment camps. Like, there's tons of photos. There's tons hmm. of. I, I remember reading a children's book when I was a kid about like a kid that played baseball at an internment camp, and it was like a fun. I mean, they talked about how fucked up it was, but it was a kid's book about he played baseball and the kid he played he played like on a baseball team in an internment camp. The kid in straight pajamas. No, oh. God, no. That is a dark. No, sorry. That's about the Holocaust. Yeah. What? It wasn't the boy in the striped pajamas. Oh, that is a terrible. That is, that is a heartbreaking fucking movie and everything. That movie was crazy. It was good though. It's good. I'll never watch it again. I don't. Yeah. It's 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 a one time watch for me. Um. But yeah, that was that was my little um parallel to what's going on right now. Yeah. With the you know the coronavirus thing and calling it the Chinese virus and people not seeing the harm in that because they keep saying like, well, it's the origin or what. Did any of them recover? Any stories of them recovering from, from being an internment? Yeah. Oh, coming yeah. back I mean, and then can they business? Oh, coming. Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's stories of that. I don't have any specific oh, ones okay. offhand, but I mean, yeah, I mean, people went back, came back, and started businesses. People stayed through the whole thing and built back up their life, and yeah, you know, oh yeah, there's tons of stories like that. Yeah, it was very resilient people, man. Mm. Um, so yeah, just long story short, man, just let's not turn on pe- each other in times of stress and hardship, like. Let's try to band together as opposed to turning on each other. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of that in a positive way, but I didn't like seeing the Chinese people being attacked and just Asian people in general all around the world just being singled out for this. But I am liking seeing people saying, like, tip your bartender even though the bar is closed and let's support people. Let's get, you know, pots of money together and, you know, let's support local businesses when you order out, carry out while they're still open. Order locally those kind of things i'm all for that but let's not single out certain races of people during this time it's not cool man that was super that was super yeah, not cool to see it was very it was a very people are fucked up yeah it was a very disappointing moment for me as an american where i was like eh, that's again i said it earlier but it's like i don't i never say we're better than that because like i said i've seen just so much to the contrary of like this this is what america is yeah but that was one of those moments where i was like this is that's not who we are man yeah. let's let's not let, let's not be that you see it a lot on social media. People go like, "Y'all Americans are assholes." Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's crazy times, man. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit of an asshole. I'm trying not to be at a time like this though. Yeah. Like, don't go to the store and buy all the toilet paper and cheese. Yeah. And Bush's baked beans. <laughs> anyway, I need that. Puss, that pissed me off again. The beans thing. We're gonna go ahead and jump to this good vibe. Try to lift the spirit up a bit. Yes, yes, folks, let's do this. Let's get these vibes in your system to bring light in the darkness. <clears throat> Friend, do you have uh, something fired up? You want me to go? How you want to do it? Yeah, I'll go. Okay, then. Shoot. <clears throat> so, although these popular TV shows are filmed with fake medical professionals, mm. they do use real medical supplies. Oh, yes. Which is why the production crews are donating it to all the real hospitals and firefighters Combating the COVID nineteen outbreaks. Man, tightening the belts, huh? We got, got to call house. Yeah. For the scrub. Well, he don't. He don't use scrubs, does he? Nah, he did his own thing. Okay. Er. Yeah. Got call. You got call. No, you got call Gray. You yeah. Call Gray's yeah. Anatomy for the yeah. scrubs. Yep. So in an Instagram post of uh, from the Atari, 
Ontario Fire Department, the firefighters can be seen holding several boxes of protective face masks that were donated by firefighting TV drama Station 19 earlier this week. That's, that's cool. Medical supplies from the from the set, Grey's Anatomy, are also reportedly being donated to hospitals in Los Angeles. Nice. At Station 19, we were lucky enough to have about 300 um, of the coveted N- N95 masks, mm-hmm. which we donated to our local fire station. They were tremendously grateful. Krista Veronoff, the showrunner from both series, said that said that statement to the TV guy. Nice. So at Grey's Anatomy, we have a back stock of gowns, gloves, which were which we are donating as well. We are overwhelmed with gratitude for our healthcare workers during this this incredible difficult time. Absolutely. In addition to these donations, we are doing our part to help um, by staying at home. Mm. According to TV Guide, Vancouver-based medical drama The Good Doctor. Which which I love I love the good doctor. I started watching it for a that's while. That's the show but, about the Asperger's he has Asperger's, right? Yeah, Freddie Highmore. Yes, from, that's uh, Norman Bates, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bates Motel. One of my favorite is good? Is TV good actors. Too? I love that guy. Okay. It's it's crazy. He does a good job in that show. Um is working with the local government officials to donate undisclosed amount of medical supplies from the film set to hospitals and organizations in need. Um also the Atlanta based T V show The Resident has has already donated a heap of unsaved, I mean, sorry, of unused glove, gowns, and face masks um, to the Grady Memorial um, Hospital. And that was it. And they just, they have a picture of like all these, all the, all the boxes, boxes and shit out yeah, front. Yeah, that's awesome, the, man. I'm glad, that, the I'm glad they did that. But yeah, uh, as cool. uh, President Trump said this weekend, you could just take some of those very good liquids that you have at home, like hand sanitizer and stuff like that, and just rub those on the masks and just reuse them. So there's a tip for people out there. The president said it, so it must be true. Um, anyway, my um, my good vibe story this week is about a 15-year-old girl who is giving away hundreds of free sanitation kits to homeless people. So uh, Shavi Shah has rallied her fellow Honor Society students into helping her give away more than 250 low-cost sanitation kits to homeless shelters around Los Angeles. Was there a video of this? Mm, not that I know of, okay, but it might be. Each kit contains hand sanitizer, lotion, antibacterial soap and handmade reusable face masks to help homeless people stay safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. Although the Tesoro high school student already has an impressive track record for charity work. She says that she was inspired to pursue this particular labor of love after hearing governor Gavin Newsom's recent speech on addressing the state of homelessness crisis on the state states of the homelessness crisis. They don't have the necessities right now that, are crucial to remain clean and stay germ-free, Shabby told CNN. It's important for people to step in and just do whatever they can, even if it helps just one person. That's right, Shabby. Shabby has since launched a GoFundMe campaign. See, again, I'm just not built for this, man. Go start and be the head of a movement. She's 15. That's too much for me. Yeah. Starting a GoFundMe thing, you're responsible for the money. No. Then, God forbid, something like this happens, you make news. And now the the number goes beyond what you were expecting. Nah, God, oh, oh. keep gives, something for yourself. It gives me anxiety. No, man, you can't do that. It's wow. charity money. You're evil, bro. But you if, you already have a, if you already have a limit, I don't you understand go over that. Then, then you find a way to give it to the more people. You don't go. Well, I don't, but I'm not. I only need I'm a asking, thousand. I'm asking you guys so for a hundred, a thousand dollars, and you guys give me two hundred thousand dollars. That's not what I asked for. I asked for a thousand. You gave me more than what I specifically. 
the amount of money that I ask for, and you give me more than that, you, you I'm keeping it, putting it in my pocket, and I'm doing what I want with that's it. That's evil, bro. That's capitalism run amok. Which I don't right? how. That's evil. Bro. I'm not selling you anything. It's charity. How. You're charity. If you go over, you do more charity. No, man. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's not. That's not how it should work. Anyway, Shavi, who I didn't. should look and 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 I should be giving a fee for doing this. Like you should be paid. Yeah. I should be able to take a little bit the extra money I should go this is my fee for doing for this. doing charity for doing for starting this 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 GoFundMe wow a small fee okay yeah no I got you man well Shavi didn't do that Shavi launched the GoFundMe campaign to raise an additional funds for expanding her initiative outside of Los Angeles that's what you're supposed to do if you were only planning on doing this little circle and you get more money you expand the circle you go bigger man I understand that, <laughs> is that I understand that's because you're not a charitable person I so you're like, ah, oh, well, I gave you the thousand. The rest of the two hundred thousand that got that I got unexpectedly is mine. All right, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. So, say if, um, let's see, say if you go, look, uh, I want a pair of shoes for my birthday, right? Uh huh. And I give you two pairs of shoes. Okay. What are you doing with the extra pair of shoes? I'm gonna keep them. But no, what you're describing exactly is Monday. what you're describing is hmm? more like to me. You're being charitable, and you give me a pair of shoes, and like it was a buy one get one free shoes, and then you go. But how would you know that? You I, wouldn't. That's the thing. Only karma can get you, or the IRS when they come and check, and they go. All of a sudden, you got one hundred fifty thousand dollars extra money in your bank account. Where'd the money go? That's my whole point. Is I don't want to be responsible for not having the money. Yeah, be, but, but you you're have just saying you're gonna steal the money. So no, that's not stealing. You have documentation that what you ask for. Was this amount? And the but people you got... gave it to you for a specific use. Even if they went over your number, they weren't like, "Thanks for asking for a thousand dollars, friend. Here's a hundred thousand dollars for you for being so nice." That's not. It's my like fault. they all are giving the money for the cause. That's not my fault. So now you expand the cause. Nope. And you probably have got me some shoes for my birthday, and it was buy one get one, and you didn't give me the other pair of shoes. That's fucked up, man. How would you know though? That's you the thing. Know. See, that's the thing. That's, the, that's you know. Now I'm still. You see how you don't know people. People only show you what what they want you to what? see. Now you're showing me the evilness within you. How? How would I know? It doesn't matter. You got to live with that. And you can apparently. And that's fine. I'm going to continue my story. I understand that. Man. So she expanded things. The page has already raised more than $13,000 in nine days. And Shavi expanded it and is doing more things with it. What did she ask for? What was I don't matter? know what she asked for, but I'm assuming she got more of it. She got $13,000 in nine days. And I'm assuming she's not going to fucking go buy a Volkswagen Beetle with it. She's going to go spread it out to uh, How do you more know? of the people. How do you know that? I don't know. Exactly. Maybe we'll come back here in exactly. two weeks and go, Shavi was a scammer. But you're just coming out right from the jump saying, if you ever give me money, yeah. I'm going to take me, it. If you give me more than what I asked for, I'm keeping the rest. That's Fran. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't understand that's how that's, Fran, how that's, that's bad. I don't, I don't get that. What do you mean? How do you not? I don't understand. I don't, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I guess I'm not going to be able to convince you of this in the time that we have left. We're wrapping down the show. And this is a very, uh, this is like a, this is an existential question you're talking about. This is, this is like about who you are at the core of who you are, man. If I was to ever start, I told you, I've said on this mic, I feel like a few times now. Yeah. I never want to start these things ever. I just want to give my money to where I can. Yeah. But if I ever started a cause out of the, because it meant that much to me. Then I want them to get whatever money they they that comes my way. I want to give it to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not just doing it like I don't know. I guess I'll help poor kids today. 
um, hey man, y'all got a thousand dollars to help these poor these poor kids, mm. and then I get twenty five hundred. It's like, oh shit, I got twenty five hundred. Well, I give the thousand to these little poor kids, and the rest is for me. Well, you it's should like go. The, the cause is near and dear to me, so I want to help as much as I can. Oh, I've been blessed to be able to help more than I initially wanted to. I got more than the thousand I wanted to give them. I got ten thousand. Don't put a specific amount on it then. Say, uh, can I get money? But you're describing a scenario that I don't know if that was the case. I don't. This is this is it. It happens. Whereas you, the the bar is set at this. Yeah. But I don't know what she asked for. Maybe she didn't. Maybe it didn't have a certain. Then that ma- that makes sense. If you go, let me. I'm I'm starting to go for me for some money. To give to charity. Yeah, but you know what happens, man. Shit goes viral, and if you only set it at a thousand, and then it goes on the thing, everybody wants to go give you five dollars. Is there a limit this. on GoFundMe? No, you go over. You can go over. Is there a limit? That I mean, like when you start it. Oh, you just just put it at a million. Yeah, and just n- and not expect to get the million. Yeah. I, I there guess you go. so. See? There you go. <laughs> that's how you avoid. That's how you avoid me making my feet. Yeah, but that's a, that's another that's a downside to it is because people will see the ridiculous amount of money that you're asking for and go, he'll never reach that. So why would I give money at all? That's Anybody funny. so if you make it low, people go, I can help him get to 1000. I'll give him 20. Send him he's like 1% there already yeah. or whatever the percentage is. But if you make it a million, it's like he's never going to get a million dollars. I'm not giving him my money. He'll never he'll never reach that goal. Put it in the description. Oh, I'm I'm just trying to, but this. hey, y'all, I don't know what I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, this is you'd be, you'd be, I'm not taking advice from you. I don't want to even do this. I'm definitely not going to come to you if I ever want to do it because you're going to be terrible advice. I'll do it because we just put in there like, yo, um, I don't really know how much money I need to do this, yeah. but like I'm putting it at a million, and y'all just give me whatever, and whatever I get, it's cool. Yeah, I'll put it at a million, but if I get a million in one, keeping a dollar. All right, now was coming from Fran in the middle of yep. a pandemic. <laughs> I'm keeping the charity money. Uh, I didn't say that. In, I never in, said that. In, in, in few words, in oh. a few words, you said something like that. Right. Uh, Something like bad person. This has been <laughs> this has been the quarantine <laughs> files. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime until the money until the money comes in and he skates off. Francel <laughs> Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Jesus. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park